Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. You can talk about whatever is important to you, or you can talk about whatever we happen to be discussing, whatever's on your mind, 603-283-6160. That's the call in line at 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Bonnie. And coming up, uh, stories that we've had for quite a while that we haven't gotten into for various reasons. Um some some COVID stuff, which is kind of a refreshing change of pace from talking about the war in Ukraine and the... Which sounds so weird because for like two whole years, I was tired of talking about COVID at all. Yeah, it's still definitely not my favorite subject, but the, the taboo around discussing COVID in an open and honest way has sort of lifted and... I really appreciate this at my at my nine to five. It's not really a nine to five job because I work a swing shift, but it's my normal job, normal mm-hmm. in quotation marks, because nothing that I really do is normal. But it it is relatively speaking my normal job, and I have to deal with some level of the the COVID nonsense that came with all of that. Right, um, everyone is supposed to be vaccinated. Uh, my boss knows I'm not vaccinated, but this is because. And and no one challenges me. No one has demanded to see anyone's vaccination paperwork or anything like that at at any point in this. But even if they did, they would not ask to see mine because I'm friends with the the general manager of the place. Right. Like I'm her assistant manager, but we're like we're going to Vegas together in like three days to celebrate a bachelorette's party with a with a mutual friend of ours. So it's not it's not your normal boss employee relationship. So I'm not worried about getting fired for not being vaccinated or being in trouble for not being vaccinated. Besides which no one has ever asked me point blank if I'm vaccinated ever at any point in this. And that's been kind of nice. And I suspect that's got a lot to do with my influence and sort of a don't ask, don't tell thing. I mean, it seems like any restaurant wouldn't want to have to fire people at all that do good work. I mean, nobody wants to work right now. So that's also a really good point. I mean, and you don't fire like not you don't fire your golden goose mm. and not that I'm the golden goose or anything like that. But, you know, you, you do have tiers of workers. If you got to fire the 16 year old kid who calls out once a week, that's one thing. But if you have to fire the the person who's there, you know, 50 hours a week for every single shift and willing to work overtime and do all the things that need to be done, then You've got to have a really good reason for that. And not getting vaccinated has never been that reason. I did have to wear a mask when all of that nonsense was going. And that was a difficult thing for me to do. Because for how long? I think it lasted about nine months. Mm. It was all because of the Keene City mandate. Um, and that was frustrating because there wasn't one in the state of New Hampshire, so I didn't have to wear one then. But it sucked, and I hated it, because if you've ever worked in a kitchen, you know they're hot. And I think the only jobs that are really worse, just in terms of raw heat, there's obviously jobs that are worse, like working in sewage or whatever. But in terms of just raw heat, I think the only thing that's worse is loading tractor trailers or loading 18-wheelers at docks and stuff like that, because there's no ventilation, there's no air conditioning, there's nothing, and you're out there working in the hot sun and 100-degree weather. I can imagine people died wearing masks during that nonsense. Probably. But anyway, so all of that has sort of passed and it's it's lifted. And now we can talk about the reality that, you know, people just, they're not dying of COVID-19. I was recently watching something on Tubi 
which is a nice little streaming service. I don't like it because there's no way to get rid of the advertisements. It's completely ad-supported. They're not targeted ads, which is also nice. Or maybe Tubi just doesn't know anything about me because I'm pretty good at keeping web trackers from learning about me. But regardless, Tubi has to serve you ads. And one of these ads was, you know, if you... Even if you're vaccinated, you can still get COVID-19 and then you can take this pill to decrease your chances of getting badly sick or something like that. I don't I don't know exactly how it worded it, but I that was they came out with a pill. No one ever talks about the pill. Paxlovid, yeah, I yeah. think is his name. Yeah. Be, what, be, what, why, do, why do we need a pill here for for a cold? Right. It's silly. It's nonsense. And it's also like just an admission that the shot didn't work. That's also a really good point. That's probably why they are only now comfortable with even like putting it in an ad because I seriously never saw an ad that mentioned Paxlovid. I mean, it's like in the middle of trying to get people, like convince people to take the shot at all. It was probably, um, you know, something they didn't want to bring up. Like there's also a pill. Yeah, because then, I mean, why get the shot if you could just take the pill, right? Yeah, especially for people like who are afraid of shots or... Well, all of that fear-mongering has sort of gone away, and now we're allowed to point out the reality that people aren't dropping dead in the streets in in any direction, which is nice. People aren't dropping dead of not being vaccinated, of COVID-19, and they're not dropping dead of, what what is the other one? Of vaccine side effects, that's what I meant. Well, COVID-19 would be for the people who aren't vaccinated, right? And those people aren't dropping dead, but... That was the allegation is that people were going to be dropping dead in the streets and libertarians and conspiracy theorists made the same allegations about people who got the vaccines. Like, oh, I'm not getting that poison jabbed into me. Yeah, but on the whole, everyone seems to be pretty much okay. I mean, there have been lots of people that are, have passed out and gotten heart attacks and stuff for no reason. I only know one there are. young person that has died unexplained and was confirmed uh had a vaccine but it does I'm it's not like I'm saying I know proof that they died of the vaccine it's just really weird it's like young 21 year old that was my little brother's friend that was in the air force just died in his room wow that sucks man yeah it's crazy I fortunately don't know any young person who just died suddenly and obviously correlation is not causation I tend to think it's my personal belief that the COVID-19 vaccine caused these spontaneous deaths I don't know that. I have no way of demonstrating that. I don't even have evidence to support that. But that's that's my experience, and that's my personal belief. Maybe I'm wrong. 603-283-6160 if you disagree. Let's go to the phones, though. We've got David on the line from Georgia. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Good evening, everybody. Um, Hello. What's on your mind tonight? Ian, last night, Ian, last night and you guys were talking about um, the decentralized exchange BIS and I think he said something to the effect of he didn't understand how it worked, and he was, might have been afraid of it. Uh, that's and, uh, that's I, BISC, B-I-S-K, and I don't want to put words in his mouth because I don't remember exactly what he said last night, but he certainly wasn't afraid of it, but he suggested, if, I re- if I'm recalling correctly, that it was ripe for abuse by scammers because there was no, uh, what is the word I'm looking for, where you set money aside, there was no escrow system. To prove that a seller so, had the Bitcoin that they were pr- trying to sell. Yep, and it's it's B I S Q Bisc. Right. Uh, Q is in Queen. Right. Um, but I did actually do some reading and I figured out how it worked, and it does have an escrow system. Okay, well that's good. 
I mean, none so, of us use um, the exchange. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time I've heard of it. I didn't listen to the show last night. Yeah, Ian and I are yeah. both, you know, prohibited from using any of these exchanges. So I mean, we're, we can't even touch cryptocurrency, much less, you know, exchange it for dollars or exchange it for other cryptocurrencies. Can't even use the stuff. So it's a meaningless conversation to us. Well, is, is there a way for you to let the listeners know, like, how to know that uh, there is escrow? Maybe if that concerned people and it's not true. If you look at the uh, if you look at the BISC uh, Wikipedia uh, the wiki page, they talk about it. And um, if you'd like, I can give you a very quick rundown of how it works. Uh, yeah, if it's not overly technical, I don't I don't necessarily object to it, but I don't see much value in it either. Like you said, people can just go to their wiki and read about how it works. It's not obvious from a glance, evidently, uh, based on Ian's using it years ago, that there was an escrow system. Of course, maybe it's changed. Yeah, that maybe was, they implemented it since, I don't know. Yeah, and that was absolutely years ago. I mean, Ian and I were arrested coming up. It, it's just two weeks shy, a little over two weeks shy of two years ago. So we're two years out of date on the cryptocurrency technology. And that sucks. Like Terra, we discussed Terra last night, which was a, a U.S. dollar tether. It rose and fall, it was conceived, it built up this wondrous empire, and it died all during my bell conditions, wow. right? All I could do was watch from the sidelines and not, not participate and just watch as this thing went up and then crashed and burned. And it's, there have been so many technologies because the t- cryptocurrency world, like all technology, is very fast moving, rapidly evolving. And in the two years that you know, I've been out of it, I can only imagine how much the technology has changed. My big concern is that when I am allowed to get back into cryptocurrency, you might be thinking my concern would be that I wouldn't understand it anymore, that I'd be too far behind and have to be, I would be out of date. No, my actual concern is that cryptocurrency itself, the the using of it, the methodologies of it, hasn't changed at all in two years. I suspect that it's still using exactly the same clunky, unuser-friendly interfaces where you have to pull up a QR code and scan it and swipe over to send and enter pins and passwords and all this other stuff. And not, not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but it's not as easy as swiping a debit card. And that's what cryptocurrency has to be going for is more ease of use, more user friendliness. And I don't think it's doing anything to do that. I could be wrong. I'm two years out of date, but I suspect that the actual use of cryptocurrency has not changed. I'm just afraid that they're going to go after the credit cards that it's not, you know, full, full, you know, pure like Chris Wade would want, but things like Uphold and uh, Crypto.com's credit card. I'm, or they're not credit cards; they're more like debit cards. I'm afraid that the government's going to start going after those because that's basically the best thing I can think of as far as what you're talking about, or like, you know, buying no buy, buying the gift cards on like bit refill is actually a little complicated. It's not for me, but like if I was trying right. to explain it to my grandma, it would be complicated. That was sort of my experience with the Lightning Network years ago when I first learned about it. Uh, Chris Reitman, who used to be on the show on Thursdays nights, actually suggested that he, he pointed out that Domino's had, you know, if you go to pizza.lightning or lightning.pizza or I don't know, some weird Lightning Pizza URL, you could buy Domino's Pizza using Bitcoin. And I was like, wow, that's amazing because there's no intermediary there, right? That's just me going to a website and ordering Domino's with Bitcoin. That's not buying a Bitcoin, I mean, a Domino's gift card from, you know, giftcards.bitcoin.com or whatever. That's using it directly. But I had to set up a uh, lightning connection and it was clunky. It was awful and it was not good. 
And then you were limited so severely in what you could get. You could only order two medium pizzas, hmm. and they had to be up to two toppings. Nothing more. You couldn't you couldn't pay more to get additional toppings. And the entire thing, it Dang, turned out, was back-ended by a credit card or I mean, a gift card anyway. Hmm. So it wasn't actually like Domino's decision or anything? No, and I knew that it wasn't. But I was shocked by how limited it was. It was just buying a Bitcoin.com gift card for Domino's with a bunch of extra steps involved. But ultimately, that was all it did. And then I couldn't even control the amount of the tip because it was all pre-programmed. Like, it had to be exactly $18.75 or whatever. And that was the reason for all the restrictions. You also couldn't get a pan pizza because that was additional. You couldn't add extra cheese to it for $0.50 or whatever. Just very clunky, not very user-friendly. And I don't think the Lightning Network has changed at all in that regard. Of course, that was five, five-ish years ago, maybe four years ago. But my gut tells me that cryptocurrency hasn't changed either and that it's not even working toward that goal. It doesn't even perceive it as being a problem. Sometimes I think about the things like some people we know coming up with like new, like really out there crypto ideas. Like we need to have you know, just really, I don't want to name anything because I'm not trying to insult people, but it's just like, we need to have this thing that's like so out there and it's really hard to uh, explain every time we talk about, we got to really explain what it even is when nobody is working on like a new AnyPay. And it's like, that's so ridiculous. Like there needs to be more buying, I mean, uh, using crypto. I think it's just that most people in the space who have, you know, um, technical you know they have businesses and stuff they're using it as digital gold like money go up or a number go up type thing and more people aren't like us who just want to see it be used as peer-to-peer cash excellent points uh david did you have anything more you wanted to add about bisc nope that was it uh just the fact that people should be using these decentralized exchanges because they are going to come for the coin bases and they are going to come for the krakens and you don't need to give them that information anyway. That's personally identifiable information that they don't need to have because they can be hacked and they can be coerced by the government into giving it up. So don't give it to them to begin with. See, I'm not convinced that they're going to go after Coinbase. Uh, they obviously went after Kraken. They told Kraken that they had to pay $30 million and stop their staking process. But that was the extent of what they did when they, quote, went after Kraken. Well, even if they don't, like, take them down... If they become the only option, I mean, that's a huge problem, which I know you know. Yeah, that that's my concern, is that everyone is going to get sort of funneled into one, two, five different cryptocurrency exchanges that are, quote, authorized by the government. And that will turn over all of your information, all everything about you, everything you've ever crypto you've ever touched over to the governments. And you have no other way of getting it outside of that. And that's why I think these decentralized exchanges are so important. So I absolutely agree with you on that, David. I just, and thank you so much for the call tonight. I just don't see it likely that they're going to go after Coinbase. Like a year or two ago, maybe three years ago, I don't remember my, my entire timeline for the last five years is pretty screwed up. But the last two years in particular has been really, really hazy. But we talked about it at one point where Coinbase sent a bunch of lobbyists to Washington, D.C. to, you know, lobby politicians And they ended up meeting with everyone, quote, everyone. I don't remember exactly who all they met with, but the SEC would not meet with them. And I'm starting to think, based on these actions undertaken by the SEC and how Coinbase is 
one of the, quote, authorized custodians of people's cryptocurrency already before they were even required to be. I'm starting to think that maybe Coinbase did meet with the SEC or someone in the SEC or they have a buddy in the SEC. And they're the ones who are ultimately orchestrating this what it was, Operation Choke Point 2, which is choking everyone into Coinbase effectively because Coinbase benefits from this. Uh, Coinbase benefits from the SEC ruling that all cryptocurrency exchanges have to be, quote, licensed custodians or authorized custodians or whatever terminology it was that they use. It's it's something like that. You have to have a sheet of paper from the government giving you the authority to hold people's money for them. And that hasn't applied to cryptocurrency prior to this new SEC ruling that presumably is going to go into effect at some point in the near future. Prior to that, it didn't really matter. Coinbase, however... When they took the initiative because Coinbase loves the government. They've always been clear about loving the government. Coinbase took the initiative and they filled out the paperwork and they paid the money and they got this license before it was even required. And now that wow. they, quote, failed to meet with the SEC, now that requirement actually exists. And Coinbase is already ahead of the game. Isn't that neat? They're such good little government serfs that they they beat the government to putting the leash on themselves. Let's keep going with the phones. However, we have Alu on the line from here in New Hampshire. Alu from LibertyBlock.org, I believe it is. Is that right, Alu? I'm sorry? LibertyBlock.com. LibertyBlock.com. Thanks There's so much. No What's on your... Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no the. Just, okay. just LibertyBlock.com. Yeah, thanks. So um, I, I heard the show, I think, last night about Senate Bill 246 that would restrict the mugshots, and I was invited to call in. Now, I updated the article admitting that I was wrong, which does happen once every century, and mm-hmm. I did not really think or didn't strongly consider the, the free speech First Amendment implications of the bill. Um, and then I, I watched a hearing recently of the bill, and, and a lobbyist, I believe, from the New Hampshire Press Association or something did hit them pretty hard, and he did really well to, to uh, challenge the bill constitutionality based on free speech and media. Obviously, Ian Freeman and me, to a bit lesser extent, is big in media, so he sees that issue, whereas I'm also big in due process, and I see the issue of due process. Pretty much for the background, this is a state bill that would um, restrict mugshots from being released because it it could harm people who are not yet convicted, which I wrote about in my book, Presumed Guilty, um, which Bonnie's very familiar with now. Now, I um, actually read that part last, yeah. Yeah. So my my big issue is, is that last night, Aria said that um, people, you know, everyone you know has been arrested, so it's not a big deal because it's so common. Aria, for those of us who are not super activists, we do civil disobedience, we don't get arrested much, and some people, <laughs> for better or for worse, still consider it a really negative thing. Um, and, you know, it's hard to get jobs and dates and everything if you have a mugshot anywhere. So, And what, like, what sucks is, like, it's not just being arrested. Like, there's a guy in all his book, Presumed Guilty, that he had his mugshot plastered all over the town by cops yep. um, saying he is a wanted thief. Alleged thief. Yeah. Yep. And uh, like the, after he got proven not to be a thief, the Supreme Court heard his thing and they said, no, it doesn't matter. The cops can do that. Like, that's crazy. He was not even pre- he was presumed guilty and it actually hurt, harmed his reputation in town and like made him lose a job. Excellent points. Yeah, and I'll look do. You're, you're absolutely right. I, I want to yeah. concede that real quick because you're absolutely right. As I said at the beginning of this show, my life is kind of weird. So I, I don't tend to surround myself with people who haven't been arrested. Just 
that the, the type of person I gravitate toward is going to be sort of a rebel. Maybe they're not a libertarian, but they're mm-hmm. still the type of person who's probably been arrested at some point for contempt of court or failure to appear or failure to pay or whatever. So, yeah, it's important for me to keep that in mind, and I certainly did not keep that in mind last night. Like, it wouldn't be a big deal for me to have my mugshot in the paper, and none of my friends would care about their mugshots being in the paper. They they, they would probably put it on their wall, right? Well, when it happened to Joa, he didn't really care much, but then his mom called him and was like, you're embarrassing me. Like, it even affects, you know, your family sometimes. I mean, to me, it's but so that's silly. Joa, but... like, literally gets arrested for a living. And, right. you know, <laughs> makes and... a living doing that stuff, which is fine. But, again, someone like me, who I'm a voluntarist, but I can't afford to be arrested because I might lose my job and never get another EMS job again. Um, but, again, another big issue is just that a lot of people don't read presumed guilty. They haven't read it yet, and they don't understand that charged and convicted are different things. They really don't. They think if you've been arrested, like when I was a baby, I thought if you've been arrested, it means you're a criminal. I didn't really understand the nuance, if you want to call it that, of due process. Yeah, um, one of the most frustrating way, things after the you know raid on the Crypto 6 was everyone asked me, well, what did you do? Well, what do you mean, what did I do? Mm-hmm. I woke up and got arrested. That's what I did. But they, were, they always asked that question, oh, the FBI arrested you? What did you do? I didn't do anything. We have this thing called due process and trials and stuff. Ask me after the trial, or in my case, after the guilty plea, what I did. But until then, presume me innocent the way that you're supposed to. And people don't do that. If you get arrested, as you said, you're presumed guilty. You did something. What did you do to deserve this? It's a sick mentality. Yeah, and with the mugshots, I think there have been studies about like mugshots and about people who appear as a defendant in a criminal trial in the orange jumpsuit and handcuffs. And even though they're being held in jail pre-trial, the jury's more likely to convict them because they see them as a criminal. So there's that element of being seen in a criminal environment in a mugshot as well that, that can uh, encourage people to view that way. That's tragic. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Alu. Definitely an expert on the subjects of due process. I recently learned about a thing called the hungry judge effect. And I don't remember how I ended up learning about it. And it's been somewhat discredited, but it's still interesting. And it's something to consider where uh, judges seem to be less willing to grant. uh, What is it when they release you from prison early parole if they are hungry? And if you get them right after a meal, they're more likely to be lenient. But it's been somewhat discredited. So take that for what it's worth. 603-283-6160. If you want to in on due process coming up what the hell is wokeism it's free talk live Free Talk Live. As always, you're invited to take control of the airwaves. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Bonnie. And we are going to be talking about uh, COVID immunity, the COVID-19 vaccine, and how things have changed over the years, honestly, um, because they have suddenly you're allowed to actually talk about COVID-19, the vaccines, the possible side effects of the vaccines uh, and just the insanity of some of this in general. Like one of uh, one of my coworkers recently, his his father got COVID-19. His father's kind of elderly, like 60, 70 years old, right? Like fairly old this is the age at which you you are at risk of dying from COVID-19 they say right 
And so much of this kid's behavior over the last two years was directed at, quote, keeping the family safe, right? Because they, you know, he had to take it seriously because his, his parents were at risk and his little sister was at risk or whatever, right? However, that hasn't been the case anymore. His dad got COVID-19 and as a result, this kid began wearing a mask everywhere, like to work where no one had COVID-19. And I, I pointed out to someone like, this seems backwards to me, right? Like he's wearing a mask in a place where no one has COVID. Yeah, it's always seemed backwards to and me. And he's not transmitting COVID to anyone because he, he's paranoid. He's testing himself every day. We know he doesn't have COVID. And then it hit me. This kid is sitting there in his bedroom all night, every night, wearing a face mask. And I almost just cried. Not Did you, really. Wait, do you know or are you just are guessing? He, he absolutely is. He has to be. <laughs> right? That, that's, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind. Look, I know this person. Hmm. I have absolutely no doubt that right now, I, I don't know where this person is right now, <laughs> but, but let's say last night this person wasn't home and this person was 100% wearing a mask while sitting in their bedroom playing a video game. That's terrible. I'm confident of that. Isn't it? Isn't it that? And that's just the insane, and I pointed out Did their to, dad get over COVID? Uh, he, I, he still got it, hmm. but yes, he's not going to die. He's going to be just fine, Yeah, as you know, almost everyone is. And I remarked to a mutual coworker that I was like, is, isn't this, doesn't this seem crazy to you that he's doing all of this for a, for a disease that isn't killing anyone? And that everyone in his household is vaccinated against? Does mm-hmm. it, do, are, are we at a point where, where we can talk about how completely freaking crazy all of this has been and how completely freaking crazy all of these pro-vaccine people have been Did, about what this? What does the coworker say? He, he was just like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Hmm. But uh, does he even grasp how crazy it really is? Too these, used to it or something? These people derailed an entire economy for like two years. They locked people in their homes. They fired people. They cut ties with friends and families. They did, let people die alone. They, they ended family gatherings. They've stayed in their house with dance parties that were held digitally <laughs> And all in the name of this disease that they were could get vaccinated against and that even getting vaccinated against didn't seem to do a damn thing to keep them from dying of COVID-19 or even catching COVID-19. It seemed to do absolutely nothing. It, have we reached a point where we can talk about how completely crazy what I just said is? And we're considered the weird ones for being like, guys, this is stupid. What you just did is stupid. And it's like at the beginning, we were believing or saying this stuff anyway. But people at least could have said, well, we just don't know yet because of how long it's been. Now it's been long enough. And that's why just no one talks about it at all. It's like, I don't see tweets about, you know, wear your mask as much. There there are some people, but it's like, so it's rare. It's not like the common mainstream thing. Everybody's like, be safe. Wash your hands. Be safe. You know, It, it was a great big nothing burger. And instead of admitting that and saying, oh, guys, it turns out we overreacted and, you know, we were wrong. They just sort of let it fade into history. They just let it, sort of let it fade away. But those presidents are all still there. All of those people who were pro-lockdown, pro-mask wearing, pro-telling pro you how you have to present yourself to the world. And that, to me, as a trans person, is absolutely disgusting. I've spent most of my life having to wear a mask of one kind or another. 
And then COVID-19 happens, and the same people who are supposed to be my allies are demanding that I put on a mask to make themselves feel better? Are you kidding me? You might as well ask me to take off the makeup and to put on a pair of pants instead of a skirt because it makes you uncomfortable. I don't care what makes you uncomfortable. If That's it makes point. you uncomfortable, avoid me. But no, they don't care about any of that. I feel the same way about them making us act like we're just dirty, disease-ridden rats or something. It's yeah. like, it, it's the same thing. It's like, just avoid me. Don't go in public. I'm going to keep going in public. I'm going to go into businesses I'm welcome in. Yep. But you should just not if you think I'm a dirty rat and everybody else. It would be wonderful if people reacted that way. I'm, I remember during the, when it was still in China, when COVID-19 was still in China, there were rumors of these subway signs that said things like, Everyone you see as a potential yeah. ghost lurking in the shadows waiting to kill you because they could be carrying this potentially deadly pathogen, right? And I, I thought then, you know, this, this it's too horrifying to come to America. America's are, Americans are too pro-love and liberty for such a horrible mentality. No, almost overnight, Americans became exactly that, or... Everyone is a potential carrier. You're, mm. you're speaking of being presumed guilty. You are being presumed guilty of having this disease. That's a good point. Despite having absolutely no, they even invented a new term for people who were well. Asymptomatic spreaders or something. Yes. Wow. That's that's how crazy this whole thing got. They they invented a new way of describing people who weren't effing sick, and that word was asymptomatic carriers. Oh. You mean well, not sick? It's all been completely insane. And at some point, human beings have got to have a reckoning on this subject because like 90-something percent of the society was proven to be either A, completely insane, or B, willing to just shut the hell up and go along with the insanity for the point of making things easier and for not standing out. Like, I went along with the insanity. I'm not saying I didn't. I put on the stupid mask. I did my job. I kept going to work. But everyone there knew that I thought the thing was stupid. And anyone anyone else could have spoken up and said, you know what? I, Aria's right. This is pretty stupid. No one did. But anyone could have. Because I, I kept pointing out that how stupid it was for all the logical and rational reasons you would expect, right? But Well, not- someone out there is probably thinking, yeah, but... We didn't know. Imagine it was a deadly virus. Well, I would literally rather die than just shut the whole world down. I would literally also rather valid. die than just not live at all. But we can't live our lives according to unknown. That's ex- exactly the point you're making, I think, is that we can't live our lives according to unknowns. No, we didn't know. We didn't know how bad COVID-19 would be. And I was right there with you watching these videos from Dr. Chen, who I've decided is probably a U.S. government employee. I don't know anymore. But at the time, he was leaking videos on Telegram that were supposedly pulled out of WeChat of Chinese people just dropping dead in the streets, like just walking and just bam, dropping dead or just standing there dropping dead. And I was like, man, this COVID-19 thing must be serious. And I thought it was serious. Uh, It also got Matt Roach, uh, who does the show on Thursday nights now. It didn't get me as much as it did, Roach, but it did get me. And I was like, man, this is serious. This is going to come here. But by the time it had gotten to the United States, I was already like, okay, yeah, no, this, there's nothing to this. Right. But- it, it got me like halfway to Roach. I wore like gloves and H, uh, the, the grocery store gloves, my glasses and a mask. So it was like I had no senses to use. Oh, my God. That's so, uh, you know, 
what a horrible feeling going into an extremely crowded uh, grocery store because everybody was freaking out. And uh, if I, I if I wore my glasses, they were fogged up, so I would just take them off. Every, it's loud in there, and I'll have a sense of feeling like it was a terrible. Anyways, that was just that's just a side note. But I was doing stuff like that. I had a special stick, well, like an empty lip gloss in my car that I used to press the um, buttons in to get into my apartment. Oh wow! Parking lot. Yeah. And um, I was always like telling my boyfriend at the time, like, wear wash your hands when you get home and stuff like that. Like, I don't want you to bring COVID home. Well, that's because, good advice in general. I think people should wash their hands more frequently right. than they do. But it was because I thought if we got COVID, we we're going to die. But the main thing was I was afraid that it was, you know, put out by the government to kill a bunch of people. It's not like, I don't know. Right. I think that there's a different difference. And I think that that's where probably where Matt was coming from, too. Like, oh, the government's doing it. They're rolling out the disease that's going to kill, you know, fi- more than 50% of the population or whatever. It's different than just being afraid of having a cold. Yeah, it absolutely is. Let's go to the phones. We have Ricky on the line from the state of Pennsylvania. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. That would be the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. <laughs> if you say so. What's on your mind tonight? Well, one night I'm going to talk to you personally because I think you'd be the one to talk about, and I'll explain where there's a difference, and it's very important. But what it comes down to, it's on my mind, I think, couldn't be more on topic, and I thought about it before I called in. Uh Crazy Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, U.S. Congressman from Georgia, the news today. Now, here's how I see this. Now, she, she is crazy. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with who she is, right? No. No, and I don't, okay, I don't care who these politicians well, are. I know she's at least a little crazy because she was the one that proposed the ban on drag shows in general in texas she's texan right yes what'd you say her name was marjorie taylor green oh i've heard this name before yeah super transphobic yeah Yeah. okay you know who she is now here's what it comes down to i don't know who she is i know a thing about i know a thing that i've heard about her i don't know a lot about her but she's crazy from what i've seen but i think what good enough what ricky's gonna bring up (laughs) i'm afraid it might be something that we actually agree with marjorie on but go ahead ricky oh boy do we ever but you know what we agree but we disagree and that's where Marjorie Taylor Greene's a problem. Is this on secession? Well, you could say that, but here's why I, I'm very big on secession. I have been for well, 40 I just, years. I only asked because I saw an article today, and I don't remember who it was about, but some politician had a history of supporting the idea of secession. Was the gist of it? She like, just came her. out about it. it. It was her? Well, she like just no. came out about it. Yeah, she did. Here's what it comes down to. I'll fill you in. Well, I just want to know, is is that the person we're talking about? The one who no. came out? Okay. She came out today, but she doesn't have a history with it now. Yeah, that's what I was trying no, to say. What it, yeah, what it comes down to is here's her concept. And I think this is right on topic. She's come to the conclusion, and it's scary because she's a very powerful person now in the House of Representatives, unfortunately. She's one of the most powerful people in there at this point, And it's horrifying. Her idea is this. She says that what we need to do, and I take this as at the federal level she's looking at, is what she wants to do is separate, quote, the blue states from, quote, quote the red states. And the reason why is... I mean, that sounds like a great that, idea. If anything, the yeah, American yeah, experiment but has... But here's the problem. I'm going to get to that. Well, can we, uh, before we get into the problem, can we talk about why it's a great idea? 
Or do you just want to have a monologue here and interrupt us every time we try to respond to something you what say? She's doing is not a, oh, what she's doing is not a great idea. I'm totally against it. No, what I she said is stuff. a great idea. Separating the red states and the blue states and letting them each go their own separate ways. You take your half of the country, we'll take our half of the country, and we won't try to meet in the middle. We won't try to compromise because the, the system yeah, that we've had in place— that's not what she's saying. Well, that's her what delete. you characterized her position as, saying that we needed to separate the red states and the blue states. Well, here's the problem. The reason why she's doing this. Is that what she's is, trying to do or not? Yes, but here's the reason why. Because she wants to stop wokeness. Now, what is wokeness? I will tell you. Uh, and I have a big problem. Can you tell this. me what wokeness is? Because I have a, a, I have several pieces about wokeness tonight that I, we're going to get into. I'm not convinced anyone out there can explain what the hell wokeness is supposed to be. Oh, I'm I not can. convinced that it's a good enough reason to be against her idea of secession. Because I have been saying for a long time that it's cringe to uh, act like the federal government is just going to separate us based on red and blue states. Because it's just like, I don't want to be separated based on red and blue. There's, uh, you know, lots of in-betweens, for one thing. Sorry. And if oh, the federal if government tries to get, oh, we're, we're, we're down with secession. We're just going to split us up into two. I, I can see that going the wrong way. So that's kind of what I thought you were going to say, something like that. Because I well, didn't read her whole post. It, but if it's just well, about it comes, escaping wokeism, maybe down. she should just be allowed to escape wokeism, however she sees it. it. Here's what it comes down to. Uh, wokeism comes down to this. Uh, this is something that comes from the extreme right. And what, it, what wokeism comes from, the term the awakening. The awakening is something that people have, whether it be with or without the help of psychedelics, where they delve into the subconscious, and as a result, they get the big answers to life. Like in my case, it happened when I was 23 years old. I came to the conclusions people usually come to when they're in their 50s. I, now, I get that, Ricky, but let me interject well, here that no Let me interject here, dude, that no now, one what, else... I know, but I'm trying to talk about Wilkins. Okay, well, no one else in the United States refers to psychedelics or a history of psychedelics or awakening. Well, they do sort of talk about awakening because that's what wake means, and woke is the past, past tense of wake. But no one else is talking about psychedelics or spiritual awakenings or or grander understandings of the universe and their place in reality when they talk about wokeism in any sort of political context. So you can have your own special definition of it, but no one else is using it that way. If you give me a chance, I will tell you. What wokeism comes down to these people is they look at first... Anybody. Who's these people? Uh, these are the people that are on the hard right. Okay. Well, okay, I'm, just, I'm just asking you to be just specific about who, whose definition of wokeness you're defining. Right. Here's what these people that say this believe in. First of all, here's the list. If you're not Christian, I mean, if you're, if you're not Christian, you're part of woke. That includes atheists, agnostics, so and so forth, Jews. But then on top of that, if you're transgender, that's another one. Now, I don't have an issue with that. It's called individual freedom. That's part of waking up. No, man. Uh, being trans does not automatically uh, get you into the woke club. They, they don't no, have any I love for me I at all. Or And who's the I other one? Blair White? Well, they don't have any love for Blair White either. So, no, being well, trans is not enough. Uh, if you're liberal. I think what he's saying is that the right-wingers will co consider you woke no matter what because you're oh, trans. Okay, yeah, that's fair. 
But yeah, they have a but that's just a that's just a prejudice, right? That's it is. They have a long list of things, and the problem with these Republicans these days is their answer is they're telling everybody this is what we think people should be, and this is good Christian values, so on and so forth. Okay, so we have this category of people that we're considering woke, you know, LGBTQ people, uh, people yeah. who aren't Christians. That's all great. But what well, is another problem? You can't. Right, okay, back fine. To, but what you know. is woke? What is the thing that binds them all together? That's what I'm asking you to define. The other problem with his definition is like he's saying what right wingers call woke people, but he's uh, skipping over the fact that there are left wingers that call themselves woke. I don't personally do that, but in their eyes, waking up in any sense, in any way, compared to these things, which are all this a mentality and different stuff, if you wake up in any kind of way to any kind of these conclusions, and that includes they look at reading material that may be subversive or so on and so forth, if you read that, oh, you could be woke. You know, if you, and if it, you read what you're, you know. you're being extremely vague, and that's the issue that I have with wokeism ideology in the first place is that no one wants to actually specify what it is and what it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to mean. You can tell me all well, day long that these categories of people, they, they count as woke. The, the Republicans say that LGBTQ people are woke. Right. But that yeah. doesn't well, tell me what woke what means. It just tells any, me what type of it's all these things or maybe more of them. And in my case, okay, I'm not I'm asking woke. you to define the category of people considered woke. I'm asking you to tell me what is woke. Well, can we back up a little bit? Because I anybody do have... That, yeah. Anybody that is... He's on hold. Because well, ha- he won't let anyone else speak. Well, I have a, what Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted today. One of our producers wants me to read it. We need a national divorce. And it's exactly... I just I read mean, the whole thing, but <laughs> it's actually bad in the way I was describing in this next sentence. We need to separate by red and blue states and shrink the federal government. No, we need to get rid of it. We need sure. to well, not have it anymore. That would be divorcing from the other the union. Everyone need, divorcing from the union, the federal government. Oh, we're not needed anymore and disappearing. Not I, separate. Now we have two countries. What I definitely don't want to be a part of a country that's all red states even more than I want cuz at no, least I agree with the, you on that. The yeah. standstill happens and nothing gets done with red and blue, you know? I agree and I and I don't and I don't agree because I I I feel like it it could be fine like New Hampshire seceding would would create a new country, right? And and it would split us off from the red and the blue states and we'd be the presumably this yellow state and it would by definition weaken the power of the federal government. So I'm sort of okay with that. I I think I agree with the gist of what she's saying. I would like it to go further. Like if she was to come out and say, we need to reduce all taxes to 1%. Like I would agree with what she said, even though I'd be like, well, we need to actually reduce it to 0%. That That's where I feel. It's just the beginning of the watering down of the national divorce conversation because it's been trending a lot and people are talking about it a lot but a big politician like this hasn't really said anything and of course the first thing that comes out is just a little bit subverting what is actually what it's actually about like if every if we separated by red and blue states there would be no point in having a federal government if if every state separated is what i meant into their own country there would be no point in having the federal government so well, that's there not would what be she's no talking federal about. government, but right. So I'm saying, but not is, all of these states want about. to secede. And if you know, if California and Ohio and whatever states want to get together and form a a more perfect union, I don't have any issue with that. Let them do their thing. I I but, agree with that, but that's not what she's saying. 
separate by red and blue states what? and shrink the federal government. Oh, we're right, just going to shrink which it. Which we would do by definition if all the liberal states were like, you know what, we're, we're sick of this thing. We're forming our own government. Or if all the conservative states did it, it, it would just by definition split the thing in two. I, I, I feel like you're being overly harsh to her. I'm and, not trying to be harsh to her because I just don't like her or something. It's right. just that I know she's a government scumbag, probably a, a liar, probably a murderer, definitely a thief. And I can see that this is watering down the message. This is not national divorce. We need to cut ourselves into two countries. It's not the same thing as national divorce. Well, if New Hampshire left the United States, it would be cutting ourselves into two countries. We wouldn't be a part of the federal government. Neither, neither would the other half of whatever country if you split it in two then one half is not part of the federal government anymore they have their their own government now then why would she say shrink the federal government see because that's there where would she's still be a federal government like if new hampshire the seceded, federal government no there would just be there, new there federal governments be, if there were, yes, were if there would, were alliances there it would be, be it wouldn't be shrinking it but if, it would no, because okay, it wouldn't if it was have the just, power of new hampshire in it if that doesn't that doesn't shrink the federal government if we just it, left the federal government nothing would happen to it they wouldn't, they wouldn't get our representatives and money, if that's what you mean. No, it it, it limits the power that they have to wield over people because but they no longer wield it over us. that's not even what she's saying. She's not talking about one state leaving. She's talking about separating all together. Right, she's talking about many states leaving. In which case, there doesn't need to be a federal government. And if she wants there to be two states, one red, one blue, I'm against that before just staying in the union. I think I, I do have to agree with you on that, just based on, I mean... Imagine just being, oh, now instead we're just with Indiana, Oklahoma, Alabama, yeah. Mississippi, probably Florida, Texas. Like, no, I would rather there be a check on those types of places. Yeah, I agree. If there was a straight-up divorce in that sense where, like, every state was blue and every state was red and you had to choose a side, I would have to move to a blue state. Because, I mean, honestly, God only knows what you crazy conservatives would want to do with me if there weren't any restrictions on your power whatsoever. Even in New Hampshire, which is like a purple state, there's a bill this year that would make it to where the government has the right, the government of New Hampshire, not the federal, has the right to say which prison you go into. And there are free staters I know that are like, yep, sounds right to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's disgusting how divided and silly people get over this. The one that comes to mind for me is the the conversion therapy bill that was proposed uh, last legislative session, which obviously it got struck down. But like if there were just Republicans there, then the chances of this bill that authorizes conversion therapy, torturing people until they're not gay anymore or until they kill themselves, which is realistically what usually results as a result of conversion therapy, then they have that much higher chance of getting that nonsense passed. And the blue states would be passing their own opposite versions of this nonsense. It's not It's not a good idea, certainly. I, it would, I would be bad either way. Uh, that's why I don't think the New Hampshire should join with any other state if we secede. The least evil solution I've seen for joining with other states would be like having this north northeastern state or this state of New England, so to speak. But even that is an idea. Where it's like Vermont, New England, I mean, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, etc. But even that's not ideal. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. I had the separate Free Talk Live. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> it is Free Talk Live. 
Talk Live, and you can join us, 603-283-6160, if you want to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Bonnie. And I've never actually looked into or thought about whether or not muting it on the boards doesn't keep it from going out to stream. It's a really quick check. I just haven't ever actually done it now that I think about it. But anyway, there was some audio stuff going on in the in the break there because we are now being joined. Nothing bad. But we are now being joined by Mark Edge uh, coming from somewhere on planet Earth. I, I don't know where, and I don't cut, try to keep track anymore. It might anymore. not be on planet Earth. <laughs> That's true. So, Mark, what's on your mind tonight? Where you been, man? Where, uh, I thought you were dead for a while there. You like I was on. traveling around. I, I took a family trip, and we were on a cruise to Antarctica. Oh my so, you know, it's hard to get messages and things down there. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. So basically, what about you a carrier guys got penguin? Worried. What's that about penguin? How about a carrier penguin? A carrier penguin. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Having uh-huh. them uh, carry messages right. yeah. for you. Got Very it. good. They can waddle them for you because they can't fly. No, but well, they can swim. <laughs> they are swim fast swimmers. Uh, I, I saw some what they call porpoising through the water. It's amazing. Wow. So you have seen porpoising penguins. That, that... Porpoising penguins, yes. <laughs> That sounds like the name to a Primus song. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. So anyway, um, we've been talking about wokeness, well, wokeness here. And I've, you know, we didn't, I didn't expect Ricky from Pennsylvania to bring up the issue, but I had some show prep about it that I really wanted to get into. Mark, and it seems like you'd, you, you would be fun to have on with this particular subject. Right, I'm about as unwoke as they get. Um, (laughs) I don't think that's true. I'm Free Talk Live's token conservative. (laughs) Ah, uh, maybe to an extent. I, I don't know if I would really agree with that statement. I but call Mark a conservative all the time. He's definitely more conservative than, as to my knowledge, anyone else on Free Talk Live, except perhaps Conan, who these days isn't on Free Talk Live. So may, maybe Mark is. So anyway, getting right into it then. Republicans use wokeism to attack the left, but struggle to define it. And this is why I wanted Ricky to define it, because... I don't think he could have. Well, he certainly didn't. He kept telling us what groups Republicans consider to be woke, but that doesn't tell us what woke even means. Governor Ron DeSantis, a likely 2024 presidential candidate, used his January inaugural address to warn of the woke mob and its woke ideology. Maybe it's one of those things where it's, it's like pornography to the Supreme Court. It's like we struggle to define it, but we know it when we see see it. it. (laughs) Well, I think that if I'm, I'm so, you know, It's been put out there, so I'm going to give it a shot at um, defining it. Wokeism is the attempt, the overcompensation of attempting to make all groups equal, and the result is is that certain groups are unequal. Uh, The groups that are um, considered the most um, downtrodden end up being the top groups for benefits. I think... I would probably agree with that definition of it. It's sort of an inversion of power where the weaker you are perceived to be or the more oppressed you are perceived to be in actuality because of how we've inverted everything, the more powerful you are politically. I think that that's more of a result of wokeism than really a definition. My definition would be becoming awakened to the way that things really are. But in my mind, most of them don't really see things as they really are. But what they think things really are is that 
there's like this structure of power called white people, not, you know, the government or the court systems. No, they're not woke to that. They're woke to white people um, on average do better at X, Y, and Z. So therefore white people are holding us down and they think that they're awakened to that information and they need to spread this to people. And then it causes things like what you guys were defining. So Representative Jim Banks, chairman of the House Armed Services Subcommittee on Military Personnel. Boy, he must feel important with a title like that. Recently released a statement blaming the military's recruitment challenges on, quote, the left's culture wars and a, quote, woke agenda. It has nothing to do with the price of used cars and the fact that they can't afford a Camaro right now. I actually, I, th- there are economic. Hold on. What reasons. does the military have to do with Camaros? That's what, that's what eighteen-year-olds do. Almost every eighteen-year-old I knew who left high school and joined the military used that five thousand dollars signing bonus to buy a sports car or like a Dodge, okay. whatever they're called. Yeah. I hate those Dodge cars; they're so ugly. And I just thought that was the oh, a the weird Challenger, thing. baby. Yeah, yeah, that, those. I just thought that was a weird thing that, you know, people in Mississippi did, but that now it's it's considered a meme, right? That That's what people do. They join the military and they buy a Camaro. So, well, I haven't heard that, um, and it seems like an unwise choice. Yes, Especially if you're going away for many weeks um, to some kind of basic training and could be shipped off to the you know farthest reaches of the globe. Why in the world would you buy a car that's going to sit at mom's house? Well, why the for... hell would well, you usually... sign up to go across the globe and possibly die? I'd say usually they don't buy the car until after AIT and they're in a, a base, whether it's in like Korea or America, for at least their three years. And then these are usually the people that sign like a five or less year contract. These are the people that buy Dodge Challengers <laughs> with their... Uh, Military yeah. money. Yeah, well, so I don't know, um, you know, what they do or what they don't. But I Mark, eighteen-year-olds are not known for their wise decisions. No, they're not. Um, but I did meet a young man who was joining the military, and I listened to his reasoning. I, um, you know, was I was working with him. Uh, he worked out at my farm there in New Hampshire, and he was going waiting to go off to the military. And I listened to him and listened to him uh, talk about it. You know, I want to do more listening than talking on it, and. I would say he was making a good choice. Um, He was waiting. uh, He wanted to be a a meteorologist and he felt like he could get better education in the military on this than college. And he could certainly do it for less money. Makes sense. Um, And apparently if you pick uh, an occupational specialty in the military and you stick to it, you say, I'm only settling for this one, then they will, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm only listening to this young man and his uh, what he said. They will let you pick that one and then they'll you'll wait until there's a, an opening for training or whatever the situation is. And then off you go. And, you know, if you pick meteorologists, the chances of you getting shot are low. Yeah, I don't know to what extent any of that is true. I know, you know, when I was struggling as an 18 year old, 19 year old to figure out what I want to do, I considered the possibility of joining the armed forces and I wanted to enter the nuclear research program for the U.S. Navy. And Navy nukes are the smartest ones, right? Well, I guess so. But the they have to have the highest ASVAB. Yeah, which that wasn't that wasn't a big deal. The the problem was they wouldn't guarantee me that there was an additional test you had to take once you were in the Navy. And you had to be qualified after that to join. And I wasn't willing 
And then they had to approve you, right? You didn't just have to take the test. They had to then also approve you and say, yes, you know, you're smart enough and we like you and we want to get you into the nuclear program. They want you to sign on the dotted line so that you can be scrubbing decks in the Pacific if you fail any of these other programs. And mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to do that. So you have to like basically join before you even get the test and get approved. Yes. So you get some other job if you don't get that. Right. Whoa, that's and, crazy. Yeah. And I wasn't. Well, I mean, that's, that's a one. nice counterpoint um, because I wouldn't be able to say which jobs you can hold out for and which ones you can't. But, you know, clearly your claim is, is that um, it doesn't work on every one of them. Well, I suspect the, the nuclear research program does have a higher bar of entry than meteorology. Right. Yeah, sure. Because I mean, it's a bit more. I don't know that it's necessarily more complicated, but to the to the layperson and probably to the non-meteorologist, uh, nuclear research seems more complicated than meteorology. I knew I, a girl yeah. that was just in the Air Force and she wanted to be some certain thing I don't even remember. And she told me about how they made her like give her a runaround for like three years telling her like you're going to get put into that. Pro-, and she just never did. And that's why she ended up quitting. But uh I don't know. The the military is like famous for lying to people. For yeah. all we know, that meteorologist boy was like, yeah, yeah, this is what they told me. And then they're going to do something like what you were just describing to him. And it never became a meteorologist. I don't know. Yeah. My father was a horrible, horrible human being. But one of the best things he ever did, because we had to take the ASVAB in, in high school, right? We just had to. It was required. And I did wow. really good on it. So military recruiters started contacting me immediately when I was still in 16. And this was right after the invasion of Iraq, I think. And my father is which one? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like three. Well, it wasn't the one in the nineties. I can tell you that. <laughs> but my father insisted on being there whenever these recruiters came to talk to me, and it was because he had been in the military. He was one of these people they had lied to. He wanted to be on a submarine, evidently. And I, I don't know if he was ever actually in the military or not. There seems to be conflicting evidence about this, hmm. where the, the he does seem to have qualified for VA benefits, but he lied about his entire service. So we, we still don't know, and I don't care enough to look into whether or not he was actually in the military. But according to his claim, he wanted to be in a submarine, and he was perpetually denied that. It was I, I can't imagine why anyone would want to be in Me this either. claustrophobic submarine, but whatever, man. That That's what you want. So anyway, he insisted on being there anytime any of these recruiters met with me or wanted to talk to me and he was he stonewalled them routinely and he was very skeptical of them and he caused me to be distrustful of them which was great because these aren't these aren't your upstanding salesmen who actually stands by their product right they don't have to stand by their product they're they're government salesmen right and they're they're these slick we have this They're not going to get in trouble for lying to someone to get them to join. No, once you sign on the dotted line, you're there. You're signing over your life to them, and they don't. They don't care. They're they're the slick used car salesmen. Used car salespeople get a bad reputation, or whatever. The, the The army recruiters, the military recruiters, are significantly worse as salespeople than anyone else I've ever interacted with in my entire life. They will lie to you about anything. This dude sat at the table and said, "No, there are no reserve units in Afghanistan or Iraq," and is on the news playing behind us. <laughs> it was talking about how more reserve units were being sent to Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever. Right. It wasn't that literal where like literally, dude, I'm watching it say this while you're denying it. It wasn't quite that drastic, but it was common knowledge that there were, in fact, reservists there. And he was like, no, 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 you wouldn't be called to serve. No, that's so unlikely. There aren't any reservists over there. So that's what they do. But back to the subject of. Yeah, something yeah, smart. I would I would agree that uh, one needs to be very, very, very careful with this. And the consequences are quite low for any duplicity.
Yeah, my dad one time said, would you ever consider joining the army when you get older to go to, to pay for college? Or, or not the army necessarily, but the military? And I was like, no, never. And he was like, well, never say never. And guess what? Never. Like, I never changed my mind about that. I nice. never took the ASVAB. It wasn't required in my school. I never was remotely inter- interested in that. But I hated exercise until like this year or See, last year. I didn't think about it because I didn't really understand what the ASVAB was. A friend of mine... Uh, one of the smart, smartest kids at our school intentionally did poorly on the ASFAB so that they wouldn't bother him. And I, I was, and I mean, that's brilliant, right? But Well, the Marines are going to come bother him now. Ha, ha, ha. Just kidding. We always tried to do really good on standardized tests, and I always did really good on standardized tests. So to me, this was just another one of these stupid tests, and I want to score in the top 1% like I always do, so I'm going to do the best I can. And they they gave us a, a sheet of scratch paper for the math problems, and it was all so simple that I never even touched the scratch paper, the uh, sheet of paper that to do the calculations on, because it was all just basic basic arithmetic, <laughs> and that that was me. I didn't see any problem with that. And then you know, three weeks later, here they come knocking on the door and calling me and bothering me at school and stuff, and it becomes an issue. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I I I got a zero on that. I I didn't even fill it out. And if I did, I put down an answer I knew was wrong. I was like, dude, that was." In hindsight, that was brilliant. Props to that. I would suggest everyone out there in high school being required to take the ASFAB, do poorly on it. it and just think, if you would have signed up when you did your transition, they would have made you a general. Would they have? Why would they uh, have? There's, there's apparently one of the Joint Chiefs of Staff or something like that is uh, oh, transitioned. I didn't know that. Me either. Well, I mean, they probably would have kicked me out of the military prior to that because I... Trump? Oh. Yeah, Trump prohibited trans people from serving. Oh, wait, no, not from serving. It was from going on, like, the front lines of battle. I don't know why. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I don't... Well, he should have prevented them from serving. Would have been better for them. He should, yeah. Everyone should be... And I get so much, you know, (laughs) criticism from people on the left when I say this, but yes, absolutely. Donald Trump was the most pro-LGBT president to ever run for office, to ever be president, because... He kept trans people out of military service. Like he literally kept trans people from getting shot at in the Middle East. And to me, that's commendable, dude. I thank you for that. Thank you, Donald Trump, for that action. Should have banned more people. He like should women have and- banned the gay people too. Ban women. Ban everyone. If you want to have the straight cis white Christian males running over there to fight in the Middle East and the wars that they caused, generally speaking, not all hashtag not all, then I'm fine with it. But like, I didn't start this war. Don't make me go fight it. And for that matter, even if they, like, what if they had the draft again? What if, what if they reinstituted the draft? Am I, I, I think I'm probably too old now, but what, how would they even handle trans people? Can, can you transition like Klinger did or attempted to do in the MASH series? And would that be taken more seriously now? I don't know. A lot of questions. Uh, if I think start- it Go ahead, Mark. I think it would pro- very likely uh, get you a, you know, you'd, you'd have to want to go in um, to you know, for them to, to care very much about the whole uh, transitioning thing. But, um, you know, when you're when you're talking about uh, nobody being, you know, on the front lines and these kind of things, I, the one thing I would say is, is just because the United States military um, was done away with wouldn't get rid of the Chinese or Russian military or any of these others. Sure. And I suspect these organizations would probably take advantage of a world where, um, the United States military was just a you know a bunch of plucky reservists. I don't Do- want them to be like unemployed as much as I want. Like for a step at least, 
as much as I want them to just not be in empire, you know, in imperialist bases off in places we have no business being. Just take everybody home and, and make a defense organization instead of a offense organization which is a which is a good strategy if you have to have a strategy but there are countries in the world that don't have militaries and that china is not invading so i I don't know how convinced i am that russia or china or whoever is just sitting there waiting to see a moment of weakness and the moment we disband our military maybe they would because we don't we don't live in a vacuum and there is a long history like 250 years of the United States causing war and problems for other nations. So maybe they would choose the opportunity to attack us. But if the United States wasn't committing all of these acts of evil that were inviting this retribution, then we wouldn't have to be concerned about the retribution that would happen. Right. For for an example, I would be okay with uh, New Hampshire having very little military power if we seceded and we were just New Hampshire. But... That would be because people like most likely wouldn't want to take anything the federal government was out on us, I don't think. But if I was still under the name U.S. federal government citizen, I yeah. kind of want them to have a military because they're a-holes. Like, our president right now is going and saying things like, Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. It should be none of his business. The president of the United States should not have an opinion on that. Absolutely. And other things... <laughs> Ahead, I think Mark. that uh, Ukraine was has been uh, you know set up for a long time, and this is just kind of you know how they say that uh, you know your decisions are hardwired into your genetics. Um, it's like this whole Ukraine thing has been hardwired into the NATO system over the last twenty years. Um, I'm not uh, supporting it in any way, shape, or form. Um, I'm just saying that man, it's just sort of inevitable. Inevitable yeah. because of their choices, NATO people's choices. Not and both, you know, like reason. both, you know, like, you know, like the NATO has made the choices that you'd be like, yep, that's what NATO's going to do. And Russia then made the choices that like, yep, that's Russia, Russia's going to do. And like, it just kept going back and forth. Um, You know, the two to tango argument. I just don't see any reason. It's like, oh, NATO needed to take over Ukraine. They don't care about protecting Ukrainians. They had a shell government there blowing up Ukrainians that lived in the... Uh, east or whatever of Russia or of Ukraine. No, and it's not quite fair. I mean, to be to, to to be the devil's advocate here, if Russia had done nothing and not responded and just ignored NATO, then I do believe it would have been inevitable that NATO would have absorbed Ukraine and would have invaded Russia. And I hmm. say this because the United States slash NATO they have a very long history of expansionism and conquering. Like, Russia doesn't have that very long history of expansionism and conquering. The USSR certainly did, but the USSR doesn't exist anymore. I'd be curious what would happen if, what would have happened had Russia applied for membership in NATO. (laughs) Um, If Russia, which NATO was created to stand against the Soviet Union, which Russia is basically a synonym. Um, But if that was the case and they were welcomed in, basically adhering to all the rules, not invading member states, things like that, and being part of the international community, then that would just kind of leave China out in the cold and they would be less able to do what it is, whatever they felt like doing. You also end up with a one world government effectively in that scenario. And that, that's I don't know that one either. world that one world military means one world government. I think it I think it would in this context. It it may not directly mean it, but I think it would ultimately lead to it and relatively quickly. Just because there would be no one left on the board who could oppose NATO. 
And I think that's the role that Russia and China serve more than anything else is just being a check on the power of NATO and the United States. Because why are we even calling it NATO? NATO is irrelevant. The United States is the only one of these countries that makes a difference. The rest of them could stop exist. They could defund their militaries completely tomorrow, and it would impact the power of NATO by possibly 2%. I mean, when it comes to NATO, we're talking about the United States. And well, I've, the U.S. has never attacked a NATO state, and that, um, they have you know, not. That, it makes good advice. It means you know it's good advice to be part of NATO. Then, right? Like everybody should be part of NATO. They've also never attacked a nuclear power. Mm. So that seems like a just as valid as an option, right? And that's certainly the path that North Korea and China. I'm not going to advocate for that one. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to advocate for joining NATO either. I'm just. But they have been in proxy wars with Russia and China. Yes, but not directly because they. Because of their nuclear powers, and they don't want a war with a nuclear power, which at least is a good thing. But back to the subject of wokeism, because that's the matter of hand. Last week, a reporter from the conservative-leaning Newsmax asked White House Press Secretary, whoever, is President Biden woke? Now, this is an actual reporter asking the press secretary of the White House if the president is woke. Jean-Pierre demurred, but the blunt query underscored a phenomenon coursing through conservative politics. Republicans have alighted on a strategy of decrying the dangers of wokeism and all things woke. So they wouldn't answer? Uh, She, I I guess not. It says she demurred. I'm not 100% sure what the exact meaning of demurred is, but I'm assuming it It, means that she didn't answer. Basically, she refused to answer in as nice a way as possible. Right. Hmm. So they've been decrying the dangers of wokeism and all things woke, which is similar to what they did with critical race theory, right? They just came out madly against critical race theory because Fox News told them to be angry about it. Fox News told them it was bad and that they had to be angry about it. It was bad. It was racism. It was telling people they were evil for being white. And from what I can tell, having gone gone no further than reading the Wikipedia article about it, it doesn't seem to be what Fox News said it was. I think there needs to be a medium from what I've seen about it from Carlin Boroshenko she goes crazy deep into public school, what they're teaching kids. And from what I've seen, it does look like they're telling kids sometimes, like, I don't know every public school, but I've seen examples where they're telling kids, like, if you are white, you owe the black kids, which is crazy. Wow. 603-283-6160. If you want to define wokeism, give us a call. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. As always, you're invited to join us. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. And Mark, fair warning, I have uh, set up the camera switcher to periodically switch to you as well. I'm fixing it right now because um, it's is complicated. I didn't realize that 5 was mapped to something completely different. So hold on. It's technical what I'm doing. However, I'm fixing it. So now the camera is set to correctly rotate to you. So like, don't pick your nose or anything because it could random. If you know the cycle that they're going in, then obviously you'll, and you're watching, you'll know when it's safe to pick your nose and when it isn't. But as a general rule, you know, uh, you are on camera and now we've added that to the stream as well for the sake of the viewers out there who hear 
a disembodied voice and have no idea who is speaking. I mean, presumably they probably know who's speaking. They probably recognize your voice. But anyway, I want to say thank you to Duster who makes fine technical skills like that possible. AMPS.freetalklive.com. That's our AMPS program. It's our Patreon. And that's how we support the show. That's how we keep everything running. That's how we keep the lights on here. That's AMPS.freetalklive.com. You can join and show your support for the show. All it takes is five bucks per month. That gets you in. AMPS.freetalklive.com. And it's frozen again. That's because I forgot to activate it. So, yeah, I'll actually turn it on this time. So, see, fine technical skills all brought to you by the AMPS program. Duster, thank you so much. Five bucks per month. That gets you in. That's AMPS.freetalklive.com. And you can pay more if you want. If you really love the show, I think there's a tier going all the way up to $50 per month. Actually, I think there's technically no cap on it. So I think in theory you could donate as much as you wanted, but we don't ask that. All we ask is $5 per month. That gets you in. 603-283-6160 if you want to join us. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. I think I did this. It's Bonnie. And we have Mark on the line with us. Mark, are you still with us? Uh-oh, I wonder if we lost him or Did, if he just went to the bathroom and hasn't come back. No, he's he seems to be sitting there, but I didn't hear anything when he spoke just now. So I actually don't know if... Oh, it's because I unmuted the wrong thing. Yeah, I, like okay. I said, fine technical oh, skills over here. Here I am. Oh, it's hard to do part. a radio show while doing technical skills. I mean, I don't even know how to do any of that stuff you did, but... Well, it, and that's why everybody should go to the AMP program at ampstopfreetalklive.com and uh, send money. That way we can have a producer as well as a first chair. Well, I mean, it, it worked. It, it all got done. And it was, if I hadn't made some basic mistakes, none of that would have actually happened. But I mean, it, it all got done. and it's, You're it's doing fine. a show. Yeah. And none of the other people doing shows have to uh, do all that work, too. Well, we also kept the show going. But let's go to the phones because we are a call-in line show. And you can call in, take control of the airways, and talk about whatever you want. We've had Chuck on the line from Washington with us. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh Yes, thank you for taking my call. I've been enjoying the show here. Uh, I just wanted to uh, really understand what the whole idea of wokeness is. Uh, I, I, I'm really struggling with this I, uh, because I want to believe more. It has a bigger meaning than just a uh, uh, a boogeyman that the right wing of American po- the body of poli- politic has created to uh, uh, for theater purposes. I, w- I want to believe it's more than that, but uh, I'm... You make an interesting you know. question, and I'm not convinced that regardless of which side of the aisle you're on, left or right, I'm not right. necessarily convinced that wokeness is anything other than theater. Is it anything other yeah. than, than insane virtue signaling from the left or insane virtually virtue signaling on the right? Because... The right's version, the the right is just as woke. They're woke yeah. to the concept of woke, right? Well, now, well, here's the thing. You got to look at. Uh, I guess you got to really take a look at who's who's made more money off the whole idea of wokeism. Is it somebody that's in uh, uh, some liberal that uh, has the access to the to the uh, to the levers of your local government? You know, when as far as the parks department or or the bus system or whatever it is the police department is it that uh who's making money off the whole idea of wokeism or is it the uh people that want to sell stuff 
like t-shirts and things uh, I think on the it's right wing. Probably the right. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say, okay. Yeah, I think it's probably the right, which might be what you were getting at because like <laughs> they come up with lots of shows and content oh, based yeah. just on, oh, the little mermaid princess was black. This mermaid can't possibly be black, even though it can't possibly I exist. It. I love it. It, it, it. It's just like these people are capitalists. They're, they're making money off of just stuff that doesn't exist and, well, but I guess it does exist. No, I think it does exist. I mean, there's. I know. Uh, many... I know you believe it, I, but I don't believe. It. Okay, it's well, let me give you some examples, and maybe you can uh, see my point of view, or maybe I'm wrong. One of those two is possible, right? Actually, I don't think you might be wrong. It's just you'll never be able to convince a, a rattlesnake it's a giraffe. You know what I mean? So I don't know what that means. However, Mark, what are your examples? Well, I think that there are people um, – so wokeism in, uh, from the left point of view is basically um, what they used to call uh, – the name is uh, slipping my mind – but um, this idea of taking people who are culturally disadvantaged for whatever reason, um, affirmative action, and promoting them for the sake of who they were, you know, right. for the color of their skin – for the gender that they were born, for the gender that they wish to be, um, for, you know, whatever the reason uh, that this is. These, these are terrible reasons to pick somebody for a job. Now, Ari, I saw you have a big smile, and it's worth <laughs> pointing out that you're a trans woman, right? Yes. And okay, so, I support so what you. You're saying is, uh, uh, what you're basically saying here, sir, is wokeism is saying uh, uh, affirmative action. That's a, a, it's a different, it's a new way to sell books and T-shirts that the right has invented they want to say affirmative action but you know let's uh let's let's call it wokeism is that what well, you're, I think that you're pretty much saying that right i think that it's affirmative action for a new millennium um it includes a much larger sect of people and i do agree that the right does benefit off of it but let's talk about all those people that have jobs that would not otherwise have them that are maybe less qualified than somebody who would have had that job in sure, the absence of making these these making these retarded t-shirts that are talking about wokeism thank you for taking my call huh? yeah thank you chuck you know, it's, oh, it sounds it's like he was ready to have a, a yeah, intelligent so. conversation. <laughs> it's certainly true that you know the money is being made on the right in regard to the issue of wokeness, right? They're no, the I don't disagree. I don't agree with that necessarily. I think it's being made on both sides. I, I'm not convinced that money's being made on the left. However, the power what, what's a paycheck? It, it's being made at least a little bit because you know there's also. Like people like Nina Turner, who is like a Congress person or something like that, or if not just like a political talking head in New York, and people like her that come out with the same kind of content, but just the other side, they both make money. It's just that I think that the right wing probably does it the most because, like, eventually people are going to get tired of hearing about it from the left. I don't know that it, it it doesn't seem like they're they have a big outrage machine like the right does, but. If what Mark's saying, I, I could kind of see what Mark's saying. It's just that I don't really know how much that is true and how much that's, uh, you know, just something people say that blank is because of that blank person got a job because of affirmative action. How am I supposed to know? I can see that they literally there is proof that there are quotas for different races to get into colleges, but I, I don't even know that that gets you a job. Well, I can tell you if you get into Harvard that it gets you a job. Well, no one is going to be so blunt in their 
in their things, right? Like if a if a disabled person, a person who can't walk, comes to me for a job at you know the restaurant that I help manage, I'm not going to hire this person because they're not capable of doing the job that is required of them. However, under absolutely no circumstances, if such a thing happened, would I ever admit to such a reality? I would come up with any other reason. Oh, well, her schedule availability doesn't mesh with our with what the what we need at this time or just whatever reason, any reason other than the real one. And I feel like that's sort of disingenuous, but that's not my fault, right? That's not anyone's fault. It's simply true. It may be bad if she totally could do the job, but you just were just didn't want to deal with it or something. But it wouldn't right, be bad I, if they couldn't do the job. And, and I think the number of people who would, I, this is why I think affirmative action is ultimately unnecessary. I think the number of people who would say, no, we don't want to hire you because you're disabled, even though you can do the job, is extraordinarily no, low, not worth considering, mm-hmm. and certainly not having worth legislation to counter. When it leads to things that are opposite, which is where the disabled person gets the job, even if they're not qualified, even if they can't do the job because you're so terrified of getting that lawsuit. I've been on the other end of this as well with a trans employee that everyone there hated and wanted gone. There are several trans and LGBT people at this place that I work. Several. Way disproportionate to the average population anywhere. It's it's weird. Maybe they just like... It's- I've seen you working so there. So it's obvious that they don't hate trans people, but if they fired this person, they're terrified of the consequences. Yes. And you know what that is? That's what wokeism is. And that person no, 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 is no, on no, the no. receiving end. It is. This I, is what I, I think, call it. I don't think that's what wokeism is, though, right? Wokeism would be the idea that, oh, this person, even though everyone hates them and they, they suck at their job, this person deserves the job because being trans has just made their that's life what, so difficult. That's why they would win a lawsuit, and that's why your bosses are scared, is because somebody believes that they deserve that job. It's obvious that your bosses are not transphobic. They've right. hired multiple trans people. But if they fired this moron that doesn't do their job, and I don't know them. Um, that, that's <laughs> an accurate characterization. I, mean, I have no idea. Luckily, of, uh, the problem solved is. itself. You're welcome, everyone there, they by do. the way. Yep. <laughs> just made it uncomfortable till they left or something. It's complicated, okay. <laughs> but sort of. And I'm I'm the only person who can do that when it comes to trans issues, right? If there's a, I'm like the guard dog for trans people. If you're an obnoxious sure. trans person, you you don't get to pull that crap around me because I'm the only person probably in that vicinity who can call you out on that garbage. I'm the one who can say, hey, look, um, yeah, you can't just tell customers on the phone. To not misgender you like that, like you literally can't do that. Whoa. And if you do it again, you're going home, right? It's Other- on the phone. How can you get mad at somebody if right. they just can't tell? I mean, because somebody- you have nothing better to do. That's exactly <laughs> it. These right. people getting upset about whether or not someone calls you he or her or whatever is something you can only do if you have absolutely no real problems to deal with. Just like this stupid Harry Potter video game, you you only have the energy and the time to get upset about what video game people are playing in their spare time if you have no real problems that you need to deal with. If you have a real problem, then you're going to be like, man, screw that video game. That's inconsequential, except whether or not you want to play it. If you have the spare time, because I bought it and I played it and it was all right. I mean, it wasn't great. But I've had trans people unfriend me. For playing it? For playing it. And because I made a point of playing it like and telling people, look, 
Don't let other people tell you what you can and can't enjoy. We're not talking about Angry Goy 2 here, which is a game designed by Nazis to, to espouse the ideas of white supremacy and to praise the ideas of white supremacy. That's Hogwarts Legacy isn't all about killing trans people or anything like that. One person remarked, yeah, I've been playing for 10 hours and I haven't gotten to kill a trans character yet, right? They're treating it. <laughs> yeah, it was a great joke. I loved it. That's how they're treating this video game. Like, you're literally killing trans people if you play this video all game. just because of the author? Yeah. The lady? Wow. And, and, well, because she created the world and she gets some amount of royalties from selling the game or whatever. And sure. look, I'm with you. I don't want to support this lady any more than you know I, I have to. There's a reason that despite building my physical library, I have not repurchased any of the Harry Potter books, even from a used bookstore. And it's because I don't want to give her any money. There's a reason I haven't watched any of the Harry Potter movies on HBO. If I wanted to watch them, not these days, not for the last two years, I would have torrented them. Not, again, for the last two years, I don't support torrenting any longer. However, in those days, I would have. And it's because I don't want to give more money to her than I feel, you know, I have to. However, in the case of this video game, you're not going to get away with pirating it, especially this early. It's going to be six months to a year before they even have a, quote, crack released of it. But even then, right, okay, you're giving this lady a few pennies, right, those five cents that she's going to get from the royalties of selling this one copy of the video game are not going to result in the death of this transfer. And the conversation gets so insane. There was not long after Hogwarts was released, Hogwarts Legacy, the video game, was released, some trans person in the United Kingdom was stabbed. And that's tragic. That's horrible, right? We all condemn that. But... That didn't, the media immediately took that, and anytime you talked about Hogwarts the video game, people were like, okay, but what about this, this trans person who was just stabbed in the United Kingdom? This is the kind of hate that's happening as a result of this game. And like, there's absolutely no evidence that this person was stabbed because she was trans. That's she, was, she was a trans certainly person. Certainly not because of the video game. <laughs> yeah, certainly not. But she was a trans person who was stabbed. That doesn't mean... She was stabbed because she was trans, right? Like, if I drive home tonight and I wreck my car, I didn't wreck my car because I'm trans. <laughs> I had a wreck and because I happened to be trans or because of COVID or whatever, <laughs> right? You can't, and there was never, maybe there's evidence now, but there certainly wasn't any evidence then to support this idea. But the conversation became so insane that you couldn't talk about this choice to play a video game without talk, without someone else mentioning someone else who had been stabbed in well, the don't real forget, world you can't even question whether or not the person was stabbed without being uh, for, for the reasons that uh, are proffered without being transphobic right and that's the that is the trick like everybody who disagrees with me is literally hitler and you know you hate everybody i say because of the things i've said and i find that far less on the right than I do on the shrill left that I, um, you know, run into in a variety of different places. Man, it's hard. Um, it's hard to say who, ju- okay, who be- benefits the most from wokeism talk. I think I'm still on team. It's the right that makes the most money, but who just talks woke the most? It's really hard because yeah, the stuff that you're talking about absolutely exists. Left winger saying, oh, uh, what, what's her name? Not J.R. Tolkien. What's her real? Her name? Uh, J.R. Rowling. Rowling. Yeah. Rowling. Uh, well, 
people who say JK like, oh, she's Rowling. J.K. Rowling's literally killing people with her talk. That's a wokeism thing on the left. But there's also serious amounts of people who ha- think it's an interesting conversation to freak out about the Eminem's woman uh, bag or for Drag Queen Story Hour. Yeah, stuff like that. I mean, that really happens every day too. So it's really hard to say who just is the more woke in their own personality. I've got a news story here that I wanted to get into at some point uh, about how drag story hours have been around for years, but now people are like literally shooting through the windows of some of these bars that host drag drag shows and some of them drag kid friendly drag story hours. And you know we a bar that has kid friendly drag. This story particular hours? one isn't. Oh, Mark, I didn't read the article here okay, on the air. Sorry. I was trying to give a brief overview of it, but y- y- I think yes, usually the story hours are at like libraries and schools and stuff. But I don't know. I don't know exactly where this one was at. Uh, but I mean, this the article is about drag story hours. But sure enough, here it's got a bullet hole in a window that someone put through it. And evidently, yes, it is at the bar. And evidently, yes, they do have drag queen story hours there. Hmm. I don't know, man. I, I maybe maybe it's legal to have minors in your bar there. I, it is I here don't know. in New Hampshire. Is it? Yep, it's legal to have your kids at the bar. Which is which is fine, right? But that the, <laughs> no, I've lost. <laughs> it's I, fine I that it's legal. Not. It's not fine to do it. Okay, yeah, fair enough. But the, you're absolutely right. Uh, there's insanity on both sides of the aisle here where you do have people on the left who say, if you anything I don't like is literally Hitler. That certainly exists. Those people definitely exist. To the extent where me saying, hey, look, play whatever video, video game you like. Don't let people judge you. And if someone wants to ruin their, your friendship because you play a video game that they don't like, then that person is not really your friend anyway. They, I become Hitler for that, for, for that simple, obvious statement, right? But you do also have people on the right who say, oh, these drag queens are out there grooming kids. We, we got to stop them. We got to execute the drag queens. And some of them don't go that far, but some of them do. What's crazy about it is... Well, it I just think like- there's a lot of talk about grooming uh, amongst uh, the left, and I, I'm curious. You mean along you know, the like- right? Yeah, on the right, excuse me. Um, There's a lot of talk of grooming on the right, and a lot of it, uh, as much as there is of the, you know, the 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 shrill whining on the left. But to me, the two it's two sides of the same coin, right? It's just wokeism on both sides. Each side's like, oh, we're we're awakened to these issues that exist, and you're not. I would say that um, the left is more open to the notion of people having sex younger than the right is and that therefore the grooming conversation might have some credence i'm not saying that it is you know it it always sounds weird to me what i was gonna say is actually it's what's annoying about the right wingers freaking out about drag queen story hours they're trying to you know be predators towards children is it takes away what some stuff that's actually going on, stuff that I wouldn't have ever known about without Carlin Boroshenko. She's a YouTuber and she gets into um, school teachers like z- private Zoom calls somehow. She's like a top level like uh, detective with this stuff. And these people are doing such freakier stuff with kids than just your drag queen who wants to, you know, do a drag show and make it kid friendly is doing these people are doing stuff like giving kids in public schools tests called social emotional learning tests and they'll ask them stuff like have you lost your virginity yet blah blah blah, and do not tell the parents and they'll call them into the principal's office afterwards ask them to make sure they're safe 
they're just making sure the kids are safe after this. I mean, this stuff is really happening, and the right well, I, I'm sort of okay with this in theory, right? I, I think it's probably good on some level, in some way, to have a second grade teacher asking kids, "Hey, has has anyone ever touched you in a bad place?" I don't think so. Social workers are just like some of the most effed up people, like to just. To be doing things without any permission from the parents. I mean, the, those well, people the are, are, are the ones, are the ones that will take them. away. But you don't know that they're actually touching anyone. It, it's that's another due process situation. I mean, if a government employee is asking your kids, "Has anyone ever touched you inappropriate?" The kid might just say yes because they're a kid. It's it's yeah. just freaky. No doubt. That, that, okay, well, that that's, that's why kind I'm of stuff Bonnie, that's, I think that they, what, this is another one of those situations where the root problem is the government school. That's what that's right? what I was um, going to say. I was going to say yeah. the second thing that they're ignoring is just the fact that they're above the government schools. It's like when they talk about drag queen story hours going on in our schools, it's like you can put your kid in a school that doesn't have drag queens reading books and the other people can put their kids in schools that do have drag queens reading books if you focus on the real problem, which is we're all being stolen from to pay for the same schools that suck. Yeah, and to clarify, I'm not okay with the public school system. And there was a reason I hedged my wording so much when I say on some level, I think it's probably a good thing in some ways to have teachers doing this, right? I mean, certainly the scenario where uh, teachers are acting as social workers and there's no accountability, there's no checks and balances, there's no due process. Certainly that is not a good system, right? So what also isn't a good system, and we're still struggling here to define what woke is, but I think we're all on the same page here that woke means different things to the left than it does to people on the right. And that's probably an obvious statement, but it may not be obvious to everyone. The people on the left may have never considered the reality that when the Republican calls them woke, the Republican doesn't actually understand what the Democrat even believes. And when the Republican uses the word woke, the Democrat doesn't understand what the Republican actually believes because neither one is listening to the other. They're too busy hurling insults and allegations at one another, calling one another Nazis and explaining to one another why they deserve to die and to be oppressed and to thrown in prison for their beliefs and for whatever godforsaken thing they're doing to the other person's kids. It's a person, a perfect, like, uh, I don't think it fits the word Hegelian dialectic, does it right? But it's, it's perfect. It's a perfect mind control technique. Like, neither one can have a conversation because the words they're using are defined differently by their leaders, quote-unquote, on each side. Yes. Yep. And And absolutely. And when you're focused on, um, you know, whether or not uh, Free Talk Live has a trans host with bright red hair, um, then you're not focused on what Joe Biden is doing with your tax money in Ukraine. Yeah, I would rather people focus on something else, but they always do that. It happens a lot in the video chats, not so much these days because I've been here for like four something years now, but especially in the earlier days, there would be people who would come in and they would just make that their issue and they would focus on it. And of course, I tend to ignore it. And in a lot of cases, it won these people over. They, they wanted, some of them even said, you know, we, I wanted to hate you, but you handled this well enough where I, I don't see any reason to hate you because they expect you to be one of these screaming... Uh, stereotypes that's going to kick over displays at GameStop or whatever. And when you're not that, when you're an actual real person, they don't know how to react to it. And then they realize that they are having to react to a real person. And it sucks. It hurts to hate another person. And they struggle to do that, I think. And that's why we have to humanize ourselves against all of this dehumanization. 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live.
It is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to join the airwaves. You can talk about whatever is important to you. You can talk about what we've been discussing, which is wokeism. Coming up, natural immunity being better than COVID-19. Uh, I don't want to say I told you so, because I didn't tell people so. I don't, I don't think I ever really weighed in on the natural immunity versus vaccine thing, other than to say it seems to me like natural immunity is going to be at least as good because that's all the vi- that's all a vaccine does is it gives you a trigger that creates natural immunity in the first place anyway yeah i definitely heard somebody on free talk live say like well if you get chicken pox you don't go get the vaccine after you don't you had chicken pox right well that's all a vaccine does as i understand it is a weakened strain of the virus that you get injected into you or i guess injected into you and it trains your body how to fight it off. Just like if you were to get the actual disease, your body learns how to fight it off. So I'm not convinced that the vaccine could ever have possibly been better than natural immunity when natural immunity is the result of the vaccine itself. And you don't have- I remember those good old days when the, when the government weaponized the common cold. Um, when that first started, I did say this on the air is that it appears as though this is far more dangerous for old older people than it is for younger people. The disease itself is COVID-19? What's that? You mean COVID-19 is more dangerous for older people? Right. I prefer not right. to just go ahead and say the uh, the noun, uh, the proper noun, because uh, of you know algorithms and things like that. But Oh, well, we're, way, it, we're way past that point, Matt. I've already indeed. said that natural immunity is valuable. I mean... You're right. Um, agreed. I just won't. You know, I'm just training myself as sure. a broadcaster. Okay. Um, so what I did say was we should keep older people in, you know, older people should be, should give the option to stay indoors. And we have that it's called retirement, right? Um, you know, if you've got somebody who's 70 years old or whatever, living, uh, working at your business, maybe that's now's the time to let them take some sick time, maybe give them an extra sick time, but then, um, we can each adopt an older person in our neighborhood and bring them, you know, their groceries and things like this, and that this would be a solution, then we all get COVID. Now, I'm speaking as a person who, uh, at the age of 50 or 49, I'm not sure which it was, got COVID and had the long COVID symptoms. So it hit me hard and hit me a heck of a lot harder than most people in my demographic. Um, I'm beginning to ponder the possibility that what I'm dealing with here in regard to my perpetual fatigue is a long COVID symptom. Oh, maybe. Because I'm, it, I'm it, at a loss to explain it. Otherwise, other than, I mean, everyone gets older and all of that kind of stuff, and I'm getting older too. The fact that I quit smoking, you know, inhaling stimulants, basically every waking moment of the day could certainly also have an impact. But there's something else going on. I'm convinced of that. And my doctor hasn't found anything... The likeliest explanation, as far as I can tell, is some long-term fatigue resulting from COVID-19. Well, long COVID's real, and I've been dealing with it for since uh, March of 2021 when the uh, federal government uh, gave me COVID um, through one of their informants. And, you know, it just... I, I. I, I think that we could have handled it entirely different, uh, differently. I think that people could have gotten it and the world would have been largely okay. We didn't need to crash the world economy. I mean, we didn't have to force old people to stay. Uh, well, you did say if they chose to stay home. But I, I think that if 
if they were just given the choice, a lot of them would have still gone out. I mean, sure, lots of them would have stayed home, especially in like places like California. My grandma in California was like, ah, it's the end of the world. But my grandma in Alabama was like, I do not want to not see my grandkids. You better not just quarantine yourself for me. I'd rather die of COVID than not see my grandkids. She literally said that stuff. So I think if we would have just not locked down, people could naturally do this. Like if you're scared, you would just stay home. Yeah, it could have easily happened, but no government needed. Yeah, I don't power. think we needed any it needed any legislation, any states of emergency or anything like that. And if we did anything, it could have been um, focused in entirely different ways. But this was just basically China locked down. I guess we're all locking down. That certainly does seem to be what happened. Uh, Bonnie, do you have that story ready? I, I didn't wasn't really prepared to get into it at this exact moment. We spent the last few minutes talking about it. So, I mean, we might as well. Well, before we do that, Let's go to the phones. I don't I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm going to do this. We have David on the line from New Mexico. David, what do you want? <laughs> Stop following their illegal orders. What? Stop following their illegal orders. What their, their orders to close down are unlawful. And so are uh, Yeah. When you when you're talking about your de- debate between you and Bonnie, which you ultimately ended up agreeing regarding um um uh, social workers in schools examining your children and then diagnosing your children and then prescribing your children. Um, we have a, you, you guys don't like the founding in the United States, but the founding in the United States did something that actually makes what those social workers are doing illegal. It's called the Fourth Amendment, and it prohibits unreasonable search and seizure. No, and I'm, I'm I, not like... Ian, in that regard, I do like the founding of America. It just sucks that it seems to have been proven to not you know, to have failed. Yeah, and no one well, said wait, anything about... Wait, 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 know, wait, 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 Bonnie, Bonnie. Yeah. It, it, it the, found, the founding documents and the founding of the country didn't fail. The citizens uh, subsequent to the founding of the country failed those documents. And Uh-oh. it can be reversed. It can be reversed, <laughs> but you actually have to do something to, to reverse it. Um, David, how do you uh, fail a document? Yeah, I just, I don't know that it can be reversed, and that's how it failed. It failed because once people, I mean, I... Well, people, he's making the argument that we somehow let down the, the Bill of Rights. How, how did we let down this thing that doesn't have feelings, or thoughts, or well, intentions? Be, be, because, well, the, the documents don't write themselves. They were written by people um, uh, that are just like us. They're, they were real people. Well, except they're dead they, now. Yeah, yeah, but they gave you something. They They gave you a legitimacy, an authority to continue being free. They gave me but an overbearing, overarching federal government that ultimately no, no, arrested didn't. me. No, they didn't. They, they literally no, did, no, though. This didn't. is literally the no. result of the documents they made, David. If, literally the if, result. If, if, like you were warned, you had jealously guarded your freedom. I was dead um, before. I mean, I wasn't that, born when thing. this stuff yeah. happened, that, David. That's the reason I have to say it but, failed is because, like, there's nothing I can do now because people, no, doesn't no, matter if you, you, your premise no, may be wrong. right that, like, the citizens of the United States could have done more to uh, keep the government in check and they didn't. And now we've gotten here. But it doesn't really matter in practice because what I've been born into is an absolute ridiculous ridiculous i don't even know what to call it uh, parasites gangs despots and thieves and tyrants and lunatics the empire and there's no changing it now that's why it failed sure 
Hello? Yep. <laughs> I knew he was either going to be attempting to say you're wrong or hello. I, I was debating on which one it was going to be. It turned out to be hello. You're back. You won. We, there, was, there was a pool of cash uh, uh, there for you, and, and you won that pool of cash, Aria. Congratulations. Now thank try you. to collect. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so, so in regards to uh, – I, I had a response to Bonnie. Um, there, there is something that you can still do about it. Anybody at any point along the, the timeline – where they recognize that they've, they've been duped, that uh, the people calling themselves the government, which are totally illegitimate, unlawful, fraudulent, and need to be removed under the law, um, uh, at any point that, that uh, citizens recognize that, they have the right, the authority, the legitimacy, based on the founding documents, to tell those people that they are now out of office and you don't have to use an election to do it. It's but written in radio. Practice, New Hampshire has done, not happen. New Hampshire has done this. In fact, there there was a thing that was delivered to the I think the attorney general of the state of New Hampshire by the uh ooh, what did they call themselves? I don't remember what they called themselves. But you're also Shining subject, fists of liberty. That that wasn't it either. This was way more recent than that. But um, there's also someone you're you're essentially saying civil disobedience. Um, there, there's someone no, upstairs, no, David, no. who participated in civil not, disobedience, I'm who decided that. that what the federal government was doing was tyrannical and was unlawful and that, you know, the whole thing was invalid. And what they did was they came down on him and now they're threatening him with like 420 years in prison. So that's right, what your solution that. that's what your solution no, no. leads to. No. What you can do, no. what you suggested Bonnie gets to, it Cri- leads to the guillotine. Unfortunately, we live in a world where we like it or not, individualists like it or not, and I am such an individualist, it was literally a hard thing for me to come to terms with. Everybody else on the planet does affect you. And because more more people on the planet believe that the government has legitimacy, that actually affects my life. I can't just say, well, I figured it out. And now that I figured out that the government's, uh, you know, illegitimate, well, now I can just behave as if it's Ill- illegitimate. Unfortunately, I literally can't do that without Criti- my life being critical ended. Critical mass. Critical mass. Right. That's you know, why I think right? education is the only thing that can be done, not the and, and going and so telling nothing. So there's nothing that Bonnie can actually do, David. What we need is the 51% no. of the people can do something. But Bonnie herself, you lied, and she can't do anything about it. Right? No, she can. She, no, she can. She can be part of... Oh, she has to be... She can be part of this critical mass. But she herself, as an individual, there's nothing she can do, right? Well, she's not the king or queen uh, dictator of the country, is she? she I'm not, is what she I the queen or dictator would... of herself? That's the fundamental Pardon? question here. Is she the queen and dictator of herself? Yes, but un- unfortunately for that scenario, she lives with uh, 329 million, 900, et cetera, other kings and queens that are uh, authority over themselves as well, and we have to get along, and so any one, one of us doesn't get to tell everyone else what to do. But that is literally how the system is set up, where we do have people telling other people what they can and can't do. It's not... It's but not it, a system it of 320. Set up that way. It's not. Yes, it was literally set up that way. It's not a system of 320 no, well, million I think that, individuals. Hold on. Hold, I don't think it was set up that way. I think that what it, we it had was literally for, set up to give some people power over others. 
Well, that's the that's the truth. Um, and I think that there's, you know, I, I am not of the opinion that the founding documents were handed down by George Washington from Mount Vernon to um, Abraham Lincoln and created, uh, you know, this uh, God uh, given state. But I do think that it was probably the best shot that had been taken up to that point, And maybe even since, um, I, you know, I I'm halfway in between, right? This if is if I remember perversion. correctly, there were arguments that the Confederate Constitution, other than the slavery issue, but the Union Constitution had that issue within it as well. That the Confederate Constitution was slightly better. But... I've heard that uh, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea's Constitution is really good. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I've heard yeah, Ian talk just, about it before too. It's just, just they don't listen to it. Just sure. that's you know, the thing. Like it has no uh, stance in law. I and... I think that they were like what. Mark is saying, I think that they did what was the best shot up until that point. And when people actually read what it says, that rights are from God, from the universe and not from man. And uh, we're just supposed to protect it. Like, I agree with everything on there, basically. Um, It's just that people have used it to create more tyranny so i don't think the solution is to fix it ever i think the solution is we tried that experiment now let's live without documents that hold us together and uh hold us down really because really your laws you're, even though the i agree that the that that those documents said like our rights come from god and not from any other men it's better to not have that even written down on some kind of document because that's redundant it's like we already know that we should know that it sure. should be self-evident. Well, I, th- I think you need to write some things down. Uh, for instance, I think the Second Amendment probably could have ri- been written a little more clearly for people who, you know, somehow believed that uh, people had just got finished running bayonets through their government were really concerned about hunting rights. I, I think I, I could see why you would think it would be important to write things down, but... Like every religion, statism, the constitutionalism, whatever you want to call it in the United States, this weird brand of statism has been corrupted and inverted into creating and empowering the exact opposite of what it was supposed to be. Just like you have Christians in America who just spew hate 24-7 and who are convinced that people are, that a dude is going to hell because he painted his uh, fingernails pink. I saw a Christian arguing this on the Internet earlier. Wow. You have these Christians who are completely detached from the actual teachings of Jesus Christ in Christianity, and and you have American statists who are just completely divorced from the teachings of the Constitution. Writing it down more clearly isn't going to be going to change anything. More clear in the Second Amendment, the the right to bear arms shall not be infringed, and people literally write books. A a well-regulated militia uh, is important to the preservation of a free state, comma the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah, but if we were and, to write that today, it would, be, it would just be since a well-regulated militia is necessary to the securing of a free state, then the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The people is different than the militia. I, I don't know. I think it's pretty clear. And there are still people that write books saying that it doesn't say anybody is oh, yeah. able to own a bear arms. People are just going to twist it and lie to their yeah. own. Uh, you well, know. That's exactly it. It's just a religion. 
And it doesn't matter what you write down. They're going well, to figure out a way to twist it you into guys, meaning I whatever they want it to be. fallen into the paradigm, right? Like the simple fact that you're writing something down doesn't mean that uh, there's a republic. Um, I, is David still there, by the way? <laughs> He's on hold. I don't know if okay. I said anything about it being a republic. I mean, well, I that's didn't... what the premise was. That was what was assumed in the, in the premise of this. And I say that government's a service and that you should determine um, what services you want and which uh, which organization should provide it. You're going to want that. You're going to want some governance no, and governance is a good thing. I'm going to want private businesses and I will pay for them when I want them. And then I'll stop paying for them as soon as they start trying to put handcuffs on my boyfriend and take him to jail for selling Bitcoin. And I can't do that with the government. I can't do that with any government. I hear I hear you that uh, the term government touched you in the wrong place. But um, <laughs> what I'm going to say is, is that governance is simply, um, you know, just regulation. You want people's behavior regulated. No, I don't. And it, absent the, really, you don't violence. want the crazy guy that came up on the porch. You don't want him to stop doing that. I think it's important that? to recognize that there's uh, a difference between. Nobody's had to between... regulate him so far. I think there's a difference between government and the state here. And the state is a type of yeah, government indeed. that utilizes force and violence. And I think the state is what we oppose where like IEEE is the organization that oversees the tech world. They are the government of the tech world, but everything they do is completely voluntary. But they're the reason that you can connect any cell phone by any manufacturer to any Wi-Fi network made by anywhere using any ISP and you can have Internet access. It's because IEEE is governing all of these standards and protocols, but it's completely voluntary. But they are, for all intents and purposes, a government of the tech world and how the tech world should be run. Well, and I don't I'm know anything about that. that, but I just I don't think I can just create my own, uh, you know, Internet service and start using the, the Internet like somebody's going to knock me down. That happened to Chris Wade. But that's because the state is there, though. And the, the state would it's that's what I'm saying. I don't know what this Tripoli thing is like. Well, they are the tech body that's worldwide and is not based in any particular geographic area that defines how tech protocols are going to work. They, they literally I define... I would not define that as a government. But it, it is a government. Well, they govern all of technology. They, they created Wi-Fi technology. Just because, like do, you say... Bonnie, do you think that there needs to be a group of organizations that would regulate um, human behavior and perhaps perhaps act uh, as your proxy when you are not available to um, protect your property or to protect your dog or any variety of things. No, I think that if I want to pay for that, then I'm going to pay for the service. And what does the what does the word government mean to you that it's free? Like, how does uh, like is that included in the uh, definition? Because I don't think that there should just be people going around saying we are the people, whether you pay for it or not that determine how uh, people should behave. It should be, if someone wants that service specifically, then they're going to pay for it. And if they don't want that uh, service, they should be allowed to do whatever they want. Nobody should be getting, uh, you know, just told, hey, you're not allowed to do a certain thing unless it infringes on someone else. That's what I don't understand that you don't understand. Okay. Um, So insurance companies... Um, do not force their um, their their particular policy upon you, right? Like you have to contract with them. Um, security companies, which you know have private security guards and these sorts of things, they don't. Yeah, force what I was just services. talking about. What if right, I they don't force my their house... services upon you? And what I'm saying is, is that there can be something that we would call governance. If you don't like that word, that's fine. We can find something else. But no, you're just saying that like y- your island could have your government on it because Mark bought an island. Sure, you could do that. I just wouldn't live there. 
That, and that would be voluntary, right? Uh, right. That's what I'm agreeing with. You're just, you always say, I'm going to want a government. Bonnie, you're going to want a government. No, I would literally not live on an island where Mark is the king of it. Well, that's fine. And, um, and some people you know, you may choose, choose to you. live where you want. Honestly, I think I could I, stomach King Mark. I mean, that, I, th- I think if, just because I know him personally, I think my life under King Mark would be better than you know, most people's lives under King Mark. It would certainly be better than my life under the United States. It's still not the same thing as saying, Arya, wh- whichever way you slice it, without the United States government, you're going to want a government. It's just not the same thing. Fair enough. I think you're going to want security, right? That's not a government. Want... But sure, I might yes, hire somebody to. That's no, exactly hiring somebody what it is. to sit on my if front I porch say, and shoot. You're not, stealing, but if you're not stealing this car today, and I will shoot you, center of mass, if you try. I am the government. No, you're right? not. Like, I'm an organization that you're is You're just establishing... institutionalized. Yeah, Bonnie's Bonnie's right about this one. You're just a you're just a defense force at that point. You're not a government controlling anything. A, a government is someone who governs, right? I am controlling right? the behavior of thieves. You're defending yourself. That's why it's not. No, no. I'm working for Bonnie. I'm defending Bonnie's car. Okay, well, then you're defending. You're still defending property in proxy of whoever owns it. That's not the same thing as being a government. All right. Um, I think that there is a it, it is a ludicrous point to say we do not need uh, government and government and fight over pe- fight with people over over and over and over again. When what they mean is is they want security. And they want stability. Well, that's and those using things a can word be provided by the market. That triggers right? me. Using okay, a word well, incorrectly really triggers me. No, governance is not being used incorrectly here. It is being um, used. Arya incorrectly. made a distinction between the word government and the word state. In your mind, there is no distinction, but the distinction was made in the conversation. The Socratic method then suggests that you take the definitions as they are provided. And work within that framework. Well, you're using it wrong right now by saying that if I hired somebody to sit on my front porch and shoot people who steal my car, that would be the government. That well, not the government. It I I use the term governance over and over, and I pronounced it very clearly so that you could hear it. It is a form of governance. It, you're governing the behavior of thieves. I I, I think that's a stretch. I'm, I'm with you on a lot of this, but I think. A private security guard standing outside with a shotgun saying, y'all ain't coming onto my property, is so far from any sort of government that it is not worth... Uh, I mean, by Why that, would you choose that to use that word? Like, uh, there's just By that point, you're just butchering the word to the point of not meaning anything. There's already words for that. It's a private security service. It's defense. Like, I don't understand why you, you need to conflate the two things. It's just because you truly believe, I guess, that the government does services for you that, oh, I would pay for them no matter what. And it's just like, if you would pay for them no matter what, then you'd pay a private company to do them. Maybe we don't need a government. Would, maybe there's some reason that a private security company wouldn't qualify as a government, but IEEE would. I don't know. I'm going to think about it during the break, but give us your thoughts. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, and you are invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you would like to weigh in, that's 603-283-6160, with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, it's Bonnie, and joining and us, Mark. yeah, joining us via it's remote, sorry. of course, is Mark, sorry Mark, I'm so used to saying in the studio tonight that I didn't, 
you know, think about it before I said it. And then I was like, well, we also have Mark who's here via remote. So anyway, I also wanted to tell you about our members program that we have over on Odyssey because you have, it's similar to the YouTube membership program, but except it's, you know, it's Odyssey, so it's not governed by YouTube, which is good. So check it out video.freetalklive.com that will take you directly to our odyssey channel there and if you don't want to sign up for a, if it's just, you know, your support via patreon our odyssey channel provides you with a different way that you can do that you can use debit cards as i understand it just like you can with patreon it's got all of those normal payment methods all of that great stuff that's video.freetalklive.com that will take you directly to our channel there video.freetalklive.com Let's no. Let's not keep going with the phones right now. We we can come back to that. So anyway, we were. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Sarah in New Mexico. She wants to talk about some boring um, New Mexico crap that no one knows anything about and no one's going to care about. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you do what you want. You're in first chair. Yeah. So uh, she knows that. I told her that. I was like, Sarah, no one knows what the hell you're talking about. I'm I'm, I'm going to bring her up. So might as well. Yeah. You can tell her sometimes. Think of a new topic, and then sometimes if you roll the dice, her topic will be better. Yeah, but there wasn't time to roll the dice and do all of that. Sarah, what's on your mind tonight? Have you heard about paint? Paint it forward? You know, instead of like the pay it forward, it's the paint it forward. So we have this new um, homeless shelter, you know, the Gateway Center? No, so I do not know the Gateway pay- Center. Why, why would I know the Gateway Center, Sarah? I've well, never been to Albuquerque. It's, we're going to have, a, well, instead of that old jail turned into a homeless shelter, we're going to have a new center. It's called the Gateway Center. So all of these painting companies are going to donate their painting abilities and paint it forward to paint the uh, center. So it's like a charity donation, but in labor. So, you know, but all that, it was a, yeah. It is a great idea. And it's all being done without government. How does that make you feel, Sarah? (laughs) Well, the government is involved because because the government has to give authority. They have to permit them to do it. You know what I mean? Oh, they're good it's because they like could have said no. Plan. That's the most insane I mean, thing I've ever heard. In is like, we're going to paint this center just because they want to for free. No, this is uh, working with the, the city government. And it, it turns out it's a national, paint it forward, it's a national movement. Okay. Why does the city government own this center? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's run by the it's run by the the city. I know why. The homeless shelter. Why? Because it's all. I have no idea. Because uh, I guess that it's um, the church run shelters. It's not enough to take care of all the homeless people. You know what I mean? No, I don't so, know what you mean. I, I suspect that the church homeless shelters would be more than enough, but they're probably restricted from doing so, just like the one here in Keene is restricted from doing so. Well, the thing is that we have more people with the economic instability and the inflation and the rent going crazy. Oh, oh, so many, like thousands of, I, I don't know, we, we got about five, 6,000 people that are getting tossed out on the street. And we're trying to get rent control so that we've always had a lot That'll of help. homeless problems. <laughs> well, Sarah certainly thinks it was. Sarah, congrats on the new thing that you have going on there, the Paint It Forward thing. That's great. I'm... I always love hearing about a charity that's doing something good, and it sounds like Painted Ford is some organization that's doing something good, and that's great. Did you mute Sarah? 
No, I just hung up on her. Oh, because I was going to ask. Sorry. I just thought of it, so it's fine. I was going to ask her if she's going to go donate her time to do it or if she just, oh, yeah, that you know, wants great to question. call around and lobby others to well, do this it. Well, this is her, this is what she does. This is her gift to the world, right? Yep. Is that she calls talk radio and we're one of the few that actually still take her calls. She calls talk radio and she she preaches to the masses. That That's literally what she thinks. But. Her she usually has is. different topics, and I, no, I, I appreciate her for that. She what? Traffic lights and traffic cameras, those are the old standbys. I'm trying to think of the last call of hers that I appreciated, and honestly, I can't think of one. Yeah, she's had, she's had some... Oh, I know. She t- called in about a bill in New Mexico that would have made it legal for the... Or, you know, would have made it to where the government could give people the option of becoming chemically castrated to get out of... Uh, jail sooner. That was pretty interesting. Okay. Yeah, that could lead to an interesting conversation. I, I would certainly not have minded that particular and conversation. It's, not it's better to than New Mexico specific. We do talk right, about because a lot they're of... not the only ones who have done this, right? There's been other states that have proposed these sorts of programs. Uh, Massachusetts started offering, like right after, I mean, not started offering, but they're considering offering, uh, letting people donate their organs and blood and marrow and stuff like that to get out of jail sooner. Wait, and I sort of understand the logic behind it. If it was true that you always got into jail by committing some sort of sociopathic or amoral or immoral act, right? In which case, being willing to donate your flesh or your time or your body or whatever to society to, to pay for the harm that you've done in some way would suggest that you have reformed and that you have become a better person and you are no longer sociopathic or immoral. However... Not everyone in jail, even a, a small percentage of people in jail, are actually there for reasons that are actually immoral. Something where they actually committed aggression against someone, like some sort of violence, some rape or murder or a battery or something evil like that or theft. Most people are going to be in there for something that's completely victimless, like most people are in prisons for drug violations, not hurting anyone. So it's not going to prove that they're reformed because they weren't and that they're now moral because they weren't immoral when they went there in the first place. They just right. did something that the king had said, thou shalt not do. Another thing that Ian brought up that I was like, dang, that would be awful is what if judges started just giving people six month longer pre- sentences than they Ooh. normally would anyway because they could get these six months off or whatever. Yeah. Well, six months doesn't matter if you've got like a 30 year sentence. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it should probably be a percentage or something like that if they really want to motivate people but the fundamental problem is is that you can sign a piece of paper that says i'm going to be a bone marrow donor and then as soon as you get your six months and you get out of prison you just rescind that and it's uh poof it's gone no they would do it plus the in fact jail, that drug addicts are probably bad people to be donating stuff they were they were going to be doing it uh it in jail because that was one of the issues in the massachusetts thing like some activist who was talking against it was like we don't have good enough health care in jails for uh me to trust that people should be getting their organs taken out in there and i was like dang that's what kind of organ a are we talking only organ i can think that you can donate is a kidney yeah i don't know they just kept saying organs well, that, I, this was a couple weeks ago i sort of and see you may where be they're able coming to donate from bone marrow but I, I wouldn't be able to say for certain i, I mean think. Everything I've seen about the medical industry in prison, even the federal prison, which is supposedly better than the state-run prisons, is terrible. So I I sort of get why I'm not fully comfortable with the idea of the federal government 
doing organ transplants anyway. I mean, that's what China does, Well, I think that they would get to go to a hospital to get the transplant done, but then there's like lots of aftercare when you get a kidney taken out, and that aftercare would be in the in the jail system. Yeah, I certainly didn't mean to suggest. I thought they were taking you into oh. a back cell with a with a <laughs> saw. Like, all right, let's get that kidney. I, I mean, it's crazy enough that women have had their babies in freaking jail cells. Happens all the time. Yeah, I actually got a story about that that I've been wanting to get into for a, a week or two now. It's about a woman in Florida who is pregnant, hmm. and she is in prison for murder. Whoa. And therefore, her baby, her unborn child is being held without trial and without being charged. It's fascinating. Yeah, that's yeah, a really interesting story. So yeah. the child can go somewhere, but where, you know? Um, so you for know. these pro-choice Republicans who argue that the fetus, you know, is, is a fetus, is a person from right the moment then. is conceived, right? right? Like, okay, so they're unlawfully holding this And you person. can't just say that the baby, it, it doesn't matter because the baby's inside of the uh, walls of the uterus or whatever, because... You're really affected in in utero. That's one thing that's been, I don't know, really interesting me about the idea of abortion recently. And I've I've learned how much babies can be affected while they're in utero or whatever it's called. Like their personalities start forming in there. Their uh, like amount of fear that the mother has can impact whether or not they have asthma and stuff like that. Everything about the mother's environment starts affecting the baby while they're in. I don't want to keep saying in utero because I don't know if that's the right term. But it makes sense. Yeah, that's in a uterus. And <laughs> it, it doesn't matter whether any of that is true or not, as far as I can tell. The the conservatives, the Christians, the Republicans, however you wish to characterize them, they literally argue that the fetus is its own separate person. That's key to their entire abortion argument is yep. that it's not part of the mother's body, that it is separate. It's its own person. So whether the fetus is being affected or not, it is, by definition, a person being held against their will, without their permission, without being tried, and without even being charged. Yep. And there's it's gonna- interesting. That's no doubt. I'd like to talk about the convict and six months thing. Um, so if you're talking about taking somebody's kidney for five months um, off of their prison sentence, because in a federal, um, even in a federal system, uh, f- f- six months is five months. Um, I mean, five months is the recovery time Mm. for this kidney. I can't imagine a circumstance where I would take five months off of a prison sentence in exchange for my kidney. I don't know for Um, sure that it was six months, just to be clear. This was a couple weeks ago, and me and Ian were just saying if it was six months that they'd give you off, the judges might just start, like, for example, then the judges might start giving six-month extra. I, I don't know how long they might be able to get off. But yeah, there are people who will probably make that decision because they're just silly. Well, um, when I, I spent some time in prison for those who do not know. And one of the reasons, one of the ways I got some time off was by getting my high school diploma. Now I already had a high school diploma, but the prison really wanted you to take this GED. So I took the GED. I got the highest score in the history of the prison. And um, I got, it was either 30 or 90 days off. Um, You know, not Wait. exactly the biggest amount of time in the world, but we, I did it. Did they not and, know yeah. that you had a diploma or they just didn't care and you got a GED too? Um, pretty much they didn't care. That's weird. Anyways. Yeah. And I mean, that's not sacrificing anything other than time and you have nothing but time in prison. You you need something to do and the GED thing gave you something to do with some of your right. time. So that, Not that, exactly a, a solid analogy. Yeah, that was um, a win-win what, all the way around. 
Right. I think that everybody, you know, would like more convicts, ex-convicts to have their GED. So I think that that's uh, generally what was was offered. But, you know, it didn't seem like much to me. I'm like, well, I'm exchanging one afternoon of, you know, going bubbling some stuff in on a a standardized test. And then I'm going to go to work afterwards um, for in in exchange for I think it was 30 days um, off of my prison sentence. Okay, And that 30 days was actually 20 days with the way that, um, you know, time was calculated. Why does that happen? I'm so confused. Why is it 20 and not 30 if they tell you 30? Because um, time acts differently in the prison system. Under the federal prison uh, system, you you generally do about 85% of your time. In uh, the Florida system that I was under at that time, you generally did, um, for every 30 days you did, you got 20 free. Um, so... What the hell does that mean? That <laughs> doesn't make sense uh, Yeah, I don't so understand what that for every, means. For every 30 days you did, you got credited for 50. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that's neat. Uh, the... The 85% thing in federal prisons, that was a particular sore point for Christopher Cantwell, who called into the show to talk about, you know, his time in prison. And among the things he said was that he was supposed to have been released to a sort of halfway house. I don't remember exactly what the term is, but that's part of your federal sentence is supposed to be this six month to a year, a portion of your sentence, at least at the end is supposed to be spent in one of these halfway houses where you're not in prison, but you're not quite free anymore. You, you have to report to these people you're under a sort of glorified probation, but his time in that was denied and he ultimately spent extra time in the actual prison system. And when he pointed this out to his probation officer, he was like, well, I can, you know, if you want more time in the halfway house, we can certainly do that. And like, no, that's not the issue. I, I want to be done with this. But I would have appreciated it if I had been able to, if we had done this correctly, and if I had spent the last five months in this halfway house instead of in prison. But I don't know the ins and outs of how the federal system works. I'm hoping I don't have to find out. Well, I can tell you you have no rights um, as a prisoner, um, nearly no rights. Right. And that when it comes to classifying you and deciding where you're going to be in prison, there is no right. Like, there's no right to a halfway house there's no right to work release there's none of this stuff so they send who they wish to send and they hold who they wish to hold and this is one of my deep fears about my coworkers going off to prison here in the near relatively near future is is that they'll be put in the media management unit which is um maximum security and that concerns me yeah not not good thoughts so anyway Things that are good thoughts. We wanted to get into. I don't. Do we have time to get into the natural immunity article? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Because I I don't want to end this in the show thinking about prison. I I try not to end things thinking about the impending possibility of a prison sentence. The thing about so, this article is it wouldn't be that interesting to me if it was just like uh, I don't know Epic Times or something that I know usually agrees with me on this stuff. This is from NBCNews.com and the head line is immunity acquired from a covid infection is as protective as vaccination against severe illness and death study finds and it's just like they're admitting it now that's amazing so they're they are literally admitting and you said this is msnbc you said nbc nbc yeah and they're literally i go so far as to say it also is more effective against infection so what they're saying is is that um, the the one value to the vaccine is is that you're less likely to be severely ill and less likely to die if you have the vaccine. And it there appears to be 
pretty good evidence of this. I, I know I'm going to get all kinds of emails, um, whatever. But I would say that the natural immunity, if, if they're claiming that the natural immunity is as good as um, uh, the, the vaccine in this particular area, that is big news because natural immunity makes it much mess, less likely that you will even catch the disease a second time. Hmm. I, I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, I'm pretty sure I just got it once. I didn't got, get it when the feds came here and coughed on Bob and all that other stuff that Captain and Mark and I think you are, yeah, and Nikki got it. I didn't get it that time because I had got it in October, like five months before. Yeah, I got it from what, as far as I can tell, from Michael Hampton, who was here in the studio one night when I came by to do something. It was something about the automation program. I needed to get a copy of something from him. And he happened to be here and... Then he ended up testing positive for COVID-19, and pretty much that same week, myself, Mark, and Captain all became sick. So, to me, it's pretty obvious that we called it from Mark Hampton. Michael Hampton, yeah. Yeah, Michael Hampton. Sorry. Sorry, Mark. We're just so used to catching things from Mark. (laughs) He is pestilence, (laughs) right? So, yeah, in my opinion, uh, Michael Hampton is the one who got us all sick. And that makes sense. He was a cancer patient with a non-existent immune system who was in and out of hospitals all the time where people with COVID-19 were constantly going. So, like, yeah, it it seemed obvious that being around that he's a catalyst for getting everyone sick with COVID. But, you know, I I lost my sense of smell or taste for like seven weeks and that sucked. And I was sore for like a day. And that was the extent of it. I don't even remember the being sore part. I remember that it happened, but I don't remember experiencing it. I do remember the eerie sensation of not being able to smell or taste anything. Yeah, it, it was super weird. It happened to me too that October. But other than that, I just wasn't even sick. Like I always just like had allergies. That they've gotten like a little bit better since moving here. But since I was like from Texas, when I was in Texas, I was on Zyrtec all the time. So I just always had allergies. So I had kind of like that mixed with not being able to smell. And other than that, I was like totally fine. I went to work and everything. So what else does this <laughs> article have to say? It says immunity acquired from a COVID infection provides strong lasting protection against the most severe outcomes of the illness. According to research but published. But you have to survive it, right? Yeah, yeah. From a, a COVID infection. Yeah, it doesn't say. Yeah, of course, if you don't die from it. Yeah. So if you don't die from it. It's less likely you're going to die from it. That's, that's to me, that's almost a tautology. I, I, I don't know what exactly it is about that argument well, that I find there's so more. There's more people have caught COVID more than one time. Yeah. And um, although it's it's not that common, and that's why I'm saying that, uh, you know, the COVID-19 infection makes it far less likely that you would catch COVID-19 again. Um, that that's sort of what they're saying. And I think that it's a strong and important statement in so much as. There are plenty of people out there that are, you know, like would have a year ago said, you're trying to kill us all if you don't get the vaccine. And now that we have some time between these claims and, you know, today we can see that none of these article of none of these claims were true and that hysteria, no matter how dramatic it is presented, is not necessarily worth listening to. Well, that was my experience with hysteria from the clown sightings of 2016 that almost everyone has just sort of forgotten about. But I remember them. And yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't know anyone denying that they happened, but it, it was nothing but 
hysteria. I'm convinced that it was either a viral marketing campaign for the movie It gone wrong, and then I think it, maybe. it yeah. blew up to a point where they couldn't claim responsibility for it. They had to quietly bury it. Wow. That would be really interesting. I did hear that it was just a for It. It, it very well could have been. Or... It was an operation by the CIA or some other federal government to study the effects of hysteria and how they spread in society because we watched the exact same things play out five years later, four years later with COVID-19. Yeah, it could have some, it could be a similar test that they're doing with the UFO balloon thing. It very well could be. And with well, COVID-19 the and the clowns, Man. like if you just oh, replace yeah, clowns. Man. Yeah. Forgot about him. But if you just yeah, replace Slender clowns Man, with uh, COVID-19. Go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, the Slenderman thing sort of, uh, you know, did a similar thing. It may, it may just be people like, whoa, let's scare the neighbors and take a picture of a clown. Um, Bob, you put on the clown suit. I'll go get the picture. You stand across the field. Like, you know, the, people love to be part of this. Yeah. And if you've got a clown outfit sitting in the closet, why not just go ahead and put it on and take a picture? Wait, honk, you know honk. the Slenderman is different than the clown, right? Because yes. I forgot about Slenderman. God, that was really creepy. There was like all kinds of kids in my high school. Like, see, Slenderman was after my time. Like, I oh. I was out of high school by that point. There I think was, I dropped out. There was just lots of boys that would tell you stories. Like, no, seriously, like I saw Slenderman, <laughs> and it was so scary at the time. And but, they probably believed it, right? I don't know. That that's the fascinating thing about this hysteria is that they, they can become convinced that they did in fact see Slenderman, but from. A long time ago in World of Warcraft, there was this gaming event where people got infected with a disease. And it became a real-world model for studying the spread of disease. One of the things that biologists hadn't considered was the possibility that some people would knowingly and intentionally infect others with this disease, as they did in this video game where the consequences were so non-existent, right? You would die in a video game and you'd have to come back just a few seconds later. But what we found with COVID-19 was... That actually happened. There were people here at a bar in Keene who got in trouble with the college because they tested positive for COVID-19 and they intentionally went out with the expressed intention of infecting other people with COVID-19, which is exactly what we learned people would do from this video game. Oh, Pe- I wonder how common that is, though. It's pretty psycho. I mean, it's it's similar, though, to this Slenderman thing where people... People want to be a part of it, and some people are just bad faith actors, and they want you to be afraid. They want to do you harm in some way, and if that means telling you a scary story that isn't true, then they'll do it. And if it means infecting you with some disease, they'll do it. Some people are just immoral. Now, on the, that same bus in high school, I heard about the the movies. What's it called? We were talking about the other week saw and i just really wish that i never heard those stories because like i purposely never watched them because i didn't want to be disturbed and i'm still disturbed by them all the time they're not very good movies <laughs> i mean they're, they're really not. i've seen them all a few times I, I think i've seen them all last i checked i've seen them all and they're they're just not very good they they do have the shock value that you would expect them to have but i i would say the first one is worth watching but none of the others are and you probably have already heard everything about the first one that there is to see, and it's been done. I've heard nothing about it except that it's a horror movie, and uh, that's all I need to know. Right, really? Watching. I wish I didn't hear Well, they first saw was actually fairly revolutionary in how it approached this whole torture porn sort of genre with, a, with, with its own compelling little twist at the end that no one saw coming. It, it was quite well done for the time. But everything done since was complete garbage. Hmm. And even the, in hindsight... 
saw it just had those few redeeming characteristics to what was really a bland and boring and uninteresting movie. We're out of time for tonight. You can talk with me about horror movies because I watch them over on our social media server at social.freetalklive.com. And there you can say whatever you want, social.freetalklive.com.